I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and let the river run. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and I am, after all, me. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about, Colin, today, but all mm-hmm. good stuff. Some bad stuff. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say bad stuff, but... Um, mm-hmm. Some accidental stuff. <laughs> some accidental stuff. Ooh, I like the choice of words there, too. This yeah. is the perfect kind of episode that we, we, we're doing a similar kind of, or framing this episode the same way we did um, our Marissa Tomei in the bedroom slash Jennifer Conley, Beautiful Mind. We want to pay homage to Gina Davis today, but yes. really the movie of the year was Working Girl, and I mean... we need to give it proper um, attention. We yeah. can't ignore it. We can't. We, we can't. We can't. We, uh, you know, we need to recognize the work that Working Ugh. Girl did. Um, and the fact that it was a, you know, two, uh, a double Best Supporting Actress nomination. Yes. Uh, Sigourney Weaver won the BAFTA. Um, I, I mean, so it's, you know, uh, it, it certainly deserves to be here. And, and particularly, you know, because some years, and we've said this before, as Nick said, with the, um, the year that Jennifer Connelly won. There's some nominees were more interested in than winners. Yeah. This would be one of those years. Oh, man. This is like a textbook edition of that. It's, right. Uh, or example, rather. This, I mean, is this what we're going to do whenever we have to cover Cold Mountain? <laughs> or do you I, like that performance? Oh, Lord. It's like the thought of sitting through Cold Mountain is it's just too much. <laughs> it's just too it much. It really is. And I just remember a cert, like certain scenes with Renee Zellweger where I was like, whoa, this is like community theater production of like Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Oh, it's just, no. it's, it's not good. As okay. Paul would say. So we'll see who else was nominated that year. Uh, yeah. We're trying that model out with uh, this year because I love Gina Davis. I love I, I, do. Lug, I love do. A League of Her Own. I have, this is, I just, the accidental tourist was uh, an accident to watch. It was, yeah. I, I accidentally pressed play on the accidental tourist. So here's my like, hot take and that's not so hot anymore it's like a cool simmer at this point because yeah. i watched it a couple days ago but yeah, it's cool to room f- temperature it's safe to eat yeah <laughs> yeah um i feel like the book is probably beautiful that's right ki- that's kind of i i felt like because i i did a what, little research i did on it too as well but um uh, it was a nominee for the pulitzer prize it did get beat out but um to just be in that uh 
the be of that caliber of book i'm i'm intrigued by it it's like i would have rather read it to be honest because i feel like there is a lot of subtext and things you know simmering beneath the surface i feel that um oh what is his name that um starred in it william hurt uh, william hurt yeah, yeah william hurts mm-hmm. um he had a tough job to do mm-hmm. um and i <sighs> It's like he almost got there because he has to play like this curmudgeon, but not even a curmudgeon. It's like he's basically, he lost his son in like this robbery, which yeah, never like really, really, yeah, yeah really horrific like, accidents. Yeah, it's, when when I read the synopsis, they lost, they lost their son. I thought, oh, he must have, you know, you think uh, drowned or, you know, hit by, hit by a car, some kind of accident. But this was like, oh, he was like shot. Yeah, it's really brutal. And. They don't, I don't say they don't handle it well, uh, but they don't, they talk about it. Kathleen Turner, Kathleen Turner, I think of Ryan O'Connor doing the Kathleen Turner voice <laughs> yeah. every time I think of <laughs> Kathleen Turner. Um, she's like, oh, 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 yeah, oh, I like that idea. Yeah, I think there wasn't enough pepperoni on the set. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about her that I think she's like talented in her own right too, but there was something a little melodramatic about like the the scene where they actually do talk about it. She's like, Macon. It, I, if I kept a tally for how many times they said the word Macon in that movie, I was getting, I don't know why it was so annoying to me. It was like they kept saying his first name too many times. This is William Hurt's character. Mm-hmm. But it was, she's like, Macon, we can't make it work anymore. <laughs> it can't happen. It's It was like a soap opera. Yeah, like nobody Ugh. says people's names that much. And I think when yeah. you have kind of a quirky name, it stands out even more. It was like, yeah, Sheila, but really Sheila. It's like you hear it. You're, I mean, I yeah, love the I name Sheila, but I hear it. it. Yeah, that's all I heard. There was a lot of making. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's uh, I had a little bit. So it's Kathleen Turner, William Hurts, um, uh, who won, of course, for his supporting uh, supporting actress, uh, supporting actress, supporting actor uh, for Kiss of the Spider Woman, which I have not seen, and I'm interested. I know that's a musical, and I know every all the gays out there are like, "Come on, Nick," and I know. I know. I know. I'm just going to change the title of this podcast to I Know, I Know. I know. I'll put it on the list. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it on the I'm list. Next the list. list. That's the next <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's zero episodes. <laughs> um, but I, I I, think it just felt like the movie was in a, a coma. Like mm-hmm. it never quite took off. Um, there's some interesting casting. And um, I don't know who I'd rather have seen than gina davis but like it's almost it rem- have you seen garden state it's kind of a deep yes cut. Mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of how natalie portman was in that movie she's like i'm the quirky girl oh yeah and i have so many weird things that i do but gina davis isn't that kind of actress either it's like i don't think i i texted you this and i said i don't think she has the charm or charisma or like it's like i wanted I don't know if I really wanted Amy Adams and Junebug, but I wanted like flavors of that. Like I just needed mm-hmm. a little bit more because she is that kind of girl to an extent. Like I think she has to be funny because the rest of the movie isn't. No, um, it's it's pretty heavy. I mean, yeah. it, I think that she it's almost like she comes in and it's, you know, everyone has been having like it's this like pot roast of a movie and she comes in as cotton candy and you're like, OK, I get it. You're here to lighten things up. Yes, but thank you. Yeah. The difference between the two is much too much, you know, um, yeah. it's too obvious what you're doing here, you know. 
Um, and I think that, uh, and I haven't seen Garden State in a while, but it's funny you mentioned that because that was so significant in college. The soundtrack to Garden oh, State. Oh, of course. It's all people listen to. Oh, my I God. thought that movie was actually really great. I remember being obsessed with it because a lot of my friends were. And in college, you just kind of go with it. Yeah. Totally. I remember going to see it in the theaters. And what I, the thing that I loved, and I, and I still, if I watched it again, I think it might still be the same thing. Um is that Natalie Portman's mother is played by Jean Smart. Yes. Oh, yes. wait, no, it's Anne Dowd. Jean Smart plays, um, what's his face is? The Skarsgård, Sar- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Peter Skarsgård. Oh, that's right. So, yes, but Anne Dowd me. is in it, and it plays Natalie. Okay, yeah, and she that is, I didn't know. <laughs> oh, you need to go back and watch those scenes, because I did not know that Anne Dowd was Anne Dowd then. Yeah, And no. I loved her in that movie. I remember she, like, gives great hugs Oh my God, um, you're gooping me! I feel like I oh, yeah. have not it's seen rock Garden your State. World. All yeah. I, I was so attached to Jean Smart. And I mean, Jean Smart is yeah, fabulous. It's a great place movie. to be. Yeah, yes. she's and so there's this one scene where they're watching. I think they're watching Natalie Portman like figure skate in yes. like, the alligator costume. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Jean Smart says, "You can tell it's her by the hands." And I, yeah. I always stuck with that. I was like, I don't. I that was always so funny to me, and that's what stuck with me with Garden State. I mean. The rest of it, I mean, it's just all very, what was that, like 2003, 2004? Yeah, it's, oh gosh, the early, the early aughts. The early aughts. Um, Oh my God, trucker hats and MySpace accounts. Yeah, um, but it is, and you said Jean Smart again, but it is Anne Dowd, who is her mom. But like, in my mind too, it like, I would have loved if Jean Smart played both moms. Because Jean Smart plays. Wait, so that's Anne Dowd who has that moment? Yeah. It's. I know I'm rocking your world, but I. I promise you, it's that. I know. This I know is because a Mandela effect situation. I have yes. been. Whole, that has been my reason for loving Garden State, and I've been giving it to Jean Smart. I know. Well, Jean Smart is in the movie. She plays. Yeah. Uh, Peter. Is it Sarsgard? Sarsgard. But she has that amazing scene with Jim Parsons because she's like sleeping with Jim Parsons, who plays that knight. He comes out in a full suit oh of armor my God. and they eat yes. cereal. And she's just smoking a cig. And one of my favorite Jean Smart <laughs> lines is she's like, I love the little marshmallows and the cereal. She's like, I try to save them to the end, but I never make it. And then she like, takes a <laughs> oh drag God. of her cigarette. And it's like it's, the corner of her mouth. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my Ugh. God. I, like, this is... I'm having... Who would have thought? Who would have thought? My mind <laughs> is being blown right here live on this podcast. Yeah. It so, was yeah, I mean, she's, she's in the universe, but Anne Dowd, I mean... She's perfect in that. So the movie. thing I love most about Garden State is Anne Dowd. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, which isn't a bad consolation no. prize. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we've just rewritten my entire last <laughs> 15 years of life. <laughs> like this was a butterfly effect. Everything just changed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, a <laughs> yeah. shift. I'm now a blonde. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, so anyway, uh, yes. Going back to Gina Davis, I think that there are, it's very much, I'm super quirky. It's a lot of mannerisms. It's a lot of ticks, And it, it doesn't really fit her. I think that like in comparison, A League of Their Own, it's like, God, that character, it makes so much sense. Like it yes. fits her like a glove. And so yes. like a baseball glove. Ooh, <laughs> oh, God. home run there, Colin. Yeah, home oh, run. God, yeah. I was bunting at best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that's God. the extent of my baseball references yeah. for the year. Take a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the hot dog stand? Now that I know, I know. you know. Yeah. Um. 
so yeah, there's just something about it where she never, it never feels like a fully realized character. It always feels like she's putting something on and, and I didn't, I just like, it was the opposite of what you talk about where like when someone, when the best supporting actress shows up, you kind of sit up and look forward to it and want more. I just wanted her to go away. Yeah. And like, it's set up in such a great way. She like runs the dog boarding business. I was like, this is a great BSA location. Mm -hmm. I'm going to love you. Interacting with dogs. Yeah. Interacting with dogs. She's good with dogs. And um, she wears too much makeup and like her outfits are weird um but she ended even as she was training those dogs that stupid cluck noise Ugh. i just like maybe that's a thing i don't know but to me it does does not seem effective it, to give a dog praise you go i i just anytime they did that in the movie i cringed yeah i agree i <sighs> i feel like there were and i really go oh, good oh so yeah there were there were those moments where i was like okay aggressively looking at my phone because i just want the scene to be over Oh yeah, I like crocheted like five rows in the blanket that I'm <laughs> I'm crocheting right. right now. I was just like sleeping, mm. and it, it there's maybe there's I will give credit where credit is due. There's one scene where Gina Davis has to like act and yell, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, at William Hurt, uh, because it's sort of like that. I'm gonna date you and say and like and sleep to, sleep with you and like live with you, but at the end I'm gonna say. <laughs> goodbye and you can't be mad about it which is the ultimate like fuck you so um and i felt that and i i think that's really the only thing that i could latch onto that had like like someone i just wanted someone to slap her and wake her up yeah yeah i feel like there was yeah that one scene in the kitchen where she gets to yell at him and it's like you know it almost feels like okay here's here's the oscar moment you know here it 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 started to feel a little oscar baity at that point instead of feeling like the character had deepened or had like gotten more human all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, like, obviously we'll talk about her, but I feel like Joan Cusack and working girl, like on the outset, be like, Oh, here's this comedic sidekick. But then there's like human moments that feel fully earned, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, Joan and Cusack. I, I know, Oh, Joan Cusack. Oh, it's so good. But back to the accidental, t- like the, the and maybe we could get into this now, but mm-hmm. we don't have to do the full, give her the full treatment. Maybe just like a quickie here. But as far as like her, the track record of Gina uh, Davis into the Oscars was not great. To me, mm. it just seems like it was kind of not completely out of nowhere, but like it just seems crazy to me, especially after watching Working Girl. Um, and I also watched, I will say, I watched 47 minutes of Dangerous Liaisons and I had the call it quits. Really? Even me, even me. No, it wasn't a bad movie. I just, I wasn't really in the mood. I watched a lot of movies over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to get a little bit of a taste of Glenn and, um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. And it's a period piece of all period pieces, <sighs> let me tell you. I don't think you would have survived, yeah. Colin. It was like an ellipsis. It was three periods. Like, it was just yeah. too much, too much periods. And f- yeah. <laughs> for yeah. those of you who don't know, it's uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Um, if you're familiar with Cruel Intentions, that is like the updated version of it. Um, just for a point of reference, too. And Glenn Close plays the... I think she plays like the Sarah Michelle Gellar part, which is crazy mm-hmm. to think about. But yeah. Glenn is the reason to see that movie. Like, I that also, is... Yeah, go oh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to say that I love the sentence, 
Glenn Close plays the Sarah Michelle Geller part. Like, I love I that know. sentence. I love, Ugh. out of context, what that could mean, you know? I know. Ugh, Buffy. <laughs> right? Like, I just, yeah, I love the idea of Glenn Close, the vampire slayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. But um, um, Glenn Close is magnificent in the movie. She gives you everything you want. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I, I just, like met michelle pfeiffer as i was starting to turn it off and i do love her i think that it's like i feel like we should start like um like a bsa and waiting list you know what i mean oh like, yeah I sure like i was having um, the same thought like who yeah. is who should be nominated what performances should like a, like a, if we were doing best actress it'd be like a tony collette and hereditary like yeah or just like ladies let me just like start this note on my phone here how mm -hmm. about that um Gosh, I can think of so many people like yeah. Amy Adams. Um, just like I feel like the the qualifications would be you people who have not won an Oscar, but mm -hmm. also just ladies that we really love. And I think like all ages apply. Like I want to keep my eye on Florence Pugh. They don't have to be like mm -hmm. fifty and above. Oh I yeah, feel. we don't. We're not Lady Watch. We yeah. We, we you know Tatum O'Neill and Paper Moon. We're gonna talk about you even, kid. <laughs> no, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, ooh, that'll be fun. So maybe we'll just add like a BSA. We'll just keep like a running tab mm -hmm. of our BSAs and waiting. Maybe I'll make some Google alerts for casting and that see what they're up great. to. That'll be fun. Just a yeah. little little hint of Lady Watch, but uh, yeah. with a twist. I love that idea. Oh, I love this. I love this yeah. diversification of the Best Supporting Podcast. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Great. Oh, this is great. Oh, folks, you're experiencing a lot of growth today in this episode. <laughs> I discovered that it was not Gene Smart, but in fact, Ann Dowd, which I know is a Ann Dowd's I'm... going on the list. Ann Dowd, that much. get her yes, on the let list. Let me put her down. <laughs> but like, that's also a sentence I really enjoy. It wasn't Gene Smart. It was Ann Dowd. I mean, you can't be disappointed with Ooh. that. But yes. Also, that yeah, we we are not just here to talk about winners obviously we are not here to just talk about awards because well it is our favorite season we recognize it's not the meritocracy we want it to be and yeah. sometimes we just need to celebrate the best supporting actresses of tv and film in general yeah according to our uh, definitions of what a best supporting <laughs> yeah, actress is but it's yeah. only our yeah. yeah we'll come up with some ground rules but i think yeah they can't have win uh how do i say that yeah the people that have not won an oscar Mm -hmm. but maybe are also like have been nominated for some Emmys or Golden Globes or mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, Celia Weston's going to go on the list. Of course, oh, yeah. we're, we're looking out for her. Oh, Celia we Weston. want to know I... what she's up to. Mm -hmm. And then we'll maybe have a little segment every week. of yeah. just like I was thinking, you know, it's funny you say this because I was thinking how and when could we find a way to talk about Bonnie Hunt on this podcast? Oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Put her on the list. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's happening. It's, okay. This is this is cosmic. This is great. I was literally just thinking, like, man, there's some ladies that I we have to find a way to like get them on here. Yeah, and we could talk in the case um, there are ladies who don't deserve to be on the list, or maybe we have some issues. But I feel like we'll agree on most of them. Mm. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. It's <sighs> a pretty open door policy. What yeah. a day! What a what day a already! Day. What a day to be alive! <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, wow, Gina Davis. <laughs> Gina, da but anyway, that being said, Gina Davis, we love you. You're not on the list because you already got an Oscar for this movie. Yeah. Um, what I can say that's positive is I agree with you. I bet The Accidental Tourist is a fantastic book. Mm -hmm. Um, and this we've talked about this before. They're like, I mean, with like the hours, the way the some books translate really well into movies, yeah. and some feel 
like it's just in, in the wrong size shoe, you know? And I, that's what this felt like. I was like, I see how this works in a literary format. Like, I, you can accept some of the weird shit that goes on in this movie. Like, the whole subplot with his sister and Bill Pullman that I was like... And those brothers. And the Can brothers. And we never yourself. Ed yeah, Begley Jr. <laughs> yeah, Ed Begley Jr. with the sour cream on the potato. Like, lighten <laughs> up, Ed. Yeah. I, I feel like in a book, you get the full context of all that. You get the yes. backstory. You get the, like, okay, that's this. this is the story of this weird family, you know? But in yeah. the movie, it's just kind of like... They... Uh, the thing with the, like translating a book into a movie is that the book has so many more opportunities to create a world and the movie has so few opportunities to do world building because it's just a shorter, smaller format, you know? Yeah. I feel like um, William Hurt kind of has this like Bruce Willis kind of vibe. Mm. Um, I feel like th- that there was like another casting. Um, I think I put it under like my trivia. Oh, Kevin Costner turned down the role as well too. They're all kind of the same <laughs> white mm. man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Of, handsome yep. brooding white man right but that role is tough it's like i i don't know if i would who i would have cast instead but like i didn't like him as much like i just wish mm. he was a i just in general wish there was a little bit more humor sprinkled throughout the movie i thought gina davis is going to give us that um there was one line that he said and i i can't remember if i even wrote it down but um oh it was really cute though uh <coughs> That's okay, but it was just uh, it was just funny um, the way he said it. I think it was to someone else, and it was so ridiculous that it just made me laugh a bit. And I was like, "Yes, a little bit more of that." Right, Um, right. I know. I I feel like um, like a little bit more kind of deadpan humor. I feel like the way his character reads, you kind of wanted more, or I know I wanted more, like a little more sarcasm. I guess. Yeah, Um, sarcasm. Yeah. I I don't know. I think if this movie were made in like the seventies, I could see Alan Alda doing this really well because he Ooh, yeah. he has that thing where he can play that kind of curmudgeon, but you can you there's a lot of nuance going on there, and and it's believable and it doesn't feel dull, you know. Um, that being said, William Hurt, there was one moment I think when he was on the airplane and he like turned and I was like, man, it's a shame, and I don't maybe it has happened, but I would I would love to see a world of quantum casting where William Hurt and Laura Linney play siblings. Ooh, I could see that. Because they look so similar. They have very yeah. similar facial features, and I was like, oh. And they they both have a similar acting style. There's something slightly stilted I mean, about them. She's going on the list. Put her Colin. on the I list. Mean, as as you, yeah. Get the <laughs> Linney on. on the list. We need some Linney, and we need it now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have you watched, um, I watched the pilot for Ozark. Have you, are you into oh, that? Oh, people keep talking about that and I haven't dipped my toe in yet. Is it good? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> can see the potential. It definitely um, feels like Breaking Bad. It's it's like a newer, uh, which is like, almost like a, just like a, a lazy way of describing it. I'm sure it has different tones that are, you know, different from Breaking Bad, but it is the same, you know, there's money involved. The whole family has, is involved. And like, uh, Laura Linney is great, uh, at least in the pilot, like she was good. And I, I can see the potential, but it, it, at the end of the day, it just stressed me out a lot. It's like, mm. I don't know if I could go through another Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, uh, like you just said, I know it's very popular. Um, so, there's that. I know Jason Bateman won an Emmy for directing 
And then there was like a, a best supporting actress who I can't remember right now, but she's a young gal. It wasn't Laura Linney. Mm. Um, I'm assuming she'd probably be in lead anyway, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. Yeah. For, Linny, for the Linney's sake. Yeah, yeah. For the Linney. Yeah. But there's a lot of, I mean, I, I could certainly, I would say we could at some point like talk about the first season of the big C, like even just the first season is like sure. beyond that. I think it really kind of jumps the shark, but the first season is yeah. great. And there's Ooh, some nice. Yeah, so I mean, there's some uh, there's some great Linny in that. So maybe yeah, All we'll right. figure that out. It's on the list. It's um, on the list. Yeah. It's on the list. Love this. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, the disaster artist. You know, Kathleen Turner was great. I mean, she's a great actress. Yeah. I think there was some really interesting stuff said about marriage. There was like, there were some lines towards the end. I was like, yeah, that's some great insight. Like, there, I see the value of this. It's just not. It's just not for me. It's just not my color, you know? Yeah, it's, it reminds this is a poor analogy, but it reminds me of Tiger King. It's like uh, mm. it had all the parts that I really wanted in trash TV and all the elements, but for some reason, all put together, it just didn't add up for me. And this has like an exploration of grief through a crumbling marriage Ugh. and a quirky best supporting actress and like a small town, and he's a writer. And I, I, I thought that I would really latch on to this and. Because you watched it before I did, so I, <clears throat> I did go in a little bit of like, oh, here we go. But I, mm. it, it, you were within like five minutes. I knew that I was in trouble. <laughs> if that okay, makes sense. yeah, that's this exactly is how I for felt. Best picture. This is not yeah. for best picture, Colin. It's, it's I know a lot when to I, take in. I was shocked by that. I thought, oh, this must be nobody likes this movie, and I yeah. knew five minutes in. That's why I thought, you know, I wasn't sure if you were going to watch it, but I thought it's not going to spoil anything. Like. You're gonna know very. There's just a rhythm to the movie that that starts off on the wrong foot and never never gets going for me. Um, yeah, the music was beautiful. I'll give it that. I um, was just gonna say I didn't really love the music, but there are parts of it that I I didn't like the creepy, just like fun housey kind of music. But when there's like a theme, because it's John Williams, he was mm-hmm. nominated for an Oscar for it. There is like parts of it that I liked, but I don't. I maybe it was that. I there was just. Ugh, I'm just sorting it out still too, but um, I didn't love it. Yeah, didn't, didn't love, love it. it. Didn't love it. It's a great. It's a. It's a. If we were film critics, didn't yeah, like it. it. <laughs> liked it. Didn't love it. That's what Glenn Weldon says on Pop Culture Happy Hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I agree. Didn't love it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and that being said, because the accidental tourist was uh an accidental bore fest, we are going to be focusing instead on Working Girl. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, and it's nominees, um, but, uh, perhaps just to recognize the other awards. And am I cutting us off if I move no, on to nominees? No, Yes, I'm ready. All right. Well then let's, um, let's talk about quickly just the BAFTAs. So Michelle Pfeiffer won. Yes. Uh, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer is going on the lists. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. Um, yeah, she was in that movie. She's, she's got a couple of, um, She's got a couple of movies in the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, there's that one, The Deep End of the Ocean. Yeah, uh, The Fabulous Baker Boys. Is that what it is? Uh-huh. Uh, she's in that. Yeah. There's, like, um, I mean, she's great as Catwoman. Catwoman. Yes. Yeah, she's so good in that. Um, what Lies Beneath? I love that movie. Yeah. Um, with Harrison Ford. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. Harrison. We'll talk about him in a moment. Yeah. yeah we, oh, we will. Um, so she won the BAFTA, and uh, she beat out Peggy Ashcroft uh, for Madame Suzatka. Laura Sangiacomo for Sex, Lies, and Videotape, which I've seen, I saw a long time ago. Mm. And 
I was like, I don't want to watch that again. And then Sigourney was nominated. Um, and then in terms of Golden Globes, I mean, to your point, Gina Davis is was not nominated for a BAFTA and was not nominated for a Golden Globe either. In fact, all of the Golden Globe nominees, none of them except for Sigourney, who won, yeah. went on to be nominated for an Oscar. So there's Sonia Braga. That's crazy. It's crazy. Sonia Braga and Moon Over Parador. Uh, Barbara Hershey in The Last Temptation of Christ. Um, robbed also for Black Swan. Ugh, it's garbage. It's garbage. Uh, Lena Olin for The Unbearable Lightness of Being and Diane Venora for Bird. And Sigourney Weaver won. So that was, because it's interesting, it was Best Supporting Role in a Motion Picture, which is kind of like the drama category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, it's funny, right? Like, And all of these other movies are, um, The Unbearable Lightness of Being is nothing... It's nothing close to light, so uh, yeah. it's it's awesome that like Sigourney won for that, yeah, and Melanie Griffith won for Working Girl and yeah. uh, Best Actress Comedy or Musical, which that category there was Amy Irving for Crossing Delancey, Jamie Lee Curtis for A Fish Called Wanda, mm. which I think is on HBO or Pluto TV. Oh, this episode is brought to you by Pluto <laughs> TV. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Michelle Pfeiffer was nominated also in that category for Married to the Mob. And then Susan oh. Sarandon for Bull Durham. Uh-huh. There's no typos in any of these movies. But because um, uh, they all sound like hot I know. Words it it sounds together. like anagrams. Yeah. Am yeah, I even yeah. saying things? Yeah. I know. Um, uh, but yeah, Melanie Griffith. Oh, Melanie Griffith. Ugh. Melanie Griffith. Yeah. I'm keen to talk about her as well. Um, so that, of course, brings us to the Oscars, which, as we all know, Gina Davis won. But uh, Frances McDormand was nominated for Mississippi Burning, and yes. Michelle, which we haven't talked about at all, and Michelle Pfeiffer for Dangerous Liaisons, uh, besides Joan and Sigourney, for Working Girl. Yeah. And also, um, just quick, uh, Working Girl won Best Comedy, Best Picture for like Comedy or Musical at the Golden Globes that year, too. So it definitely had... Momentum. I mean, God bless Mike Nichols. I mean, oh. just like the lady watching that he does that he didn't even know that he was doing at the time, too. There's so many movies like this that he directed that just are perfect films. They really yeah. are. Like, the amount of joy, especially after watching The Accidental Taurus, like, as soon as that opening sequence started and then Carly Simon oh. just started singing, I was like, yeah, I'm yep. in the right place here. Yeah, yeah this oh, is I how know. it's supposed to feel. There's that feeling. I know what you mean. I've never been able to really place it, but there's a feeling. There's certain movies that take me a little bit to get into, period paces, things like that, where I'm like, (laughs) okay, I know I'm going to have to like acclimate to these waters. And then there's certain movies that it's like you just slide in like a warm bathtub, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And there's there's just a there's a way you got to like lead me in, Um, and it can be across genres. Like there's certain horror movies where I'm like, okay, we're here. Yep. And yeah. it's like, I'm here for this from the moment it starts. And this movie, um, yeah, I like from the moment it started. And it was like the 80s, New York, Carly Simon, Staten Island uh, Ferry, the hair, the hair yeah. Jones there immediately. It was <sighs> like, you've got me. You got yeah. me, gal. You got yeah. me, gal. <laughs> yeah. Working gal. Working gal. Yeah. I, it was yeah. working for me. I, yeah, I agree. Um so it was, I mean, do we want, do we have any thoughts? Because we are, we are champing at the bit to talk about Working Girl and I am yeah. ready. No, but I, I think I'm ready. I just wanted to see, I'm clicking through what won best picture that year. Um, mm. uh, so this is the year of Rain Man, uh, A Fish Called Wanda, 
Uh, okay, best picture. Here we are. Here we are. Why is it not at the top? Come on, people. I know, right? Let Don't they see. know how we Let search? Let me do a control F here. Best picture. Oh, Rain Man won. Dangerous oh. Liaisons was nominated. Accidental Tourist, Mississippi Burning, and Working Girl. Fine, mm. you know. It's an, it's an interesting year of movies. Um, yeah. Just to mention Mississippi Burning and Frances McDormand. Sure, um, yeah, I don't know much. I don't, I mean, I, I've seen a bit of it. You know, I, I don't think it's a, a really significant role. I think she's great, but, um, you know. Yeah, it was her first Oscar nom, so, and then, yeah. then after that was uh, Fargo. Yeah. After that. I mean, I think she's one of those actresses where it's like, well, yeah, obviously she's, it's great. It's Frances McDormand, but yeah. I, I don't think it's, uh, it, I, I think I would not if she won over Gina Davis. I'd be like, okay, sure, yeah, it's Frances McDormand, but um, she's not my one. If yeah. anyone won, yeah, honestly, honestly, I hate to say it, but if any of the other four won, even Michelle Pfeiffer, who's probably my second least, sure, um, I I, I still would be fine with it. But sorry, yeah. Gina, um, I feel yeah, and sorry. you know. To be honest, like I, I, I watched Gina Davis's acceptance speech of the Oscar, and normally we like to give these ladies a moment to accept their speech. I mean, the speech was like the movie. I was like, oh God, come on, give me something here, girl. Yeah, she has that um, sort of deadpan delivery. I mm-hmm. guess she's she's a her voice is pitched so low too. It's like she's a very she's like a handsome woman, if that makes yes. sense. That's but she what I is love about her, her. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was going to say, which is a positive here on the Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. Um, we love a handsome woman. <laughs> yeah, we love a handsome and, woman. And I, because I do think at the end of the day, she's she's beautiful and like she's like in her prime too mm-hmm. um, during this era of Gina Davis, I guess. But um, yeah, I just it didn't do anything for me either. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So uh, instead, we're just going to move on to Working Girl. Yes. So the only Oscar that this movie won was um, Best Original Song, which, of course, was Let the River Run by Carly Simon, which I knew the words to because we did a medley of... Uh, or maybe we didn't do the medley, but we sang this in, like, freshman year chorus or something like that. Oh it was my amazing. Oh, God. Ugh. I can just... I can I can hear it. I can hear that build up. Oh, yeah. The, the, we're da, 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 Your sons and daughters. And I was just like, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just thinking of all of the kids who couldn't get there. Like, I have to imagine yeah. there were some people like, oh, oh, out of my range, out of my yeah, range. Yeah, yes. Maybe a step touch or two to the side. <laughs> On the risers, you can hear the clunk of the risers oh, as everyone yeah. shifts their weight. Best supporting risers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Oh, my God. That's great. Um, yeah, I um, I had seen parts of this movie before. I feel like I had seen the ending, like when it would play on TV, I had seen the ending so many times. Um, I have so much to say about that final sequence. Ugh. But the, I mean, talk about like it, the the other side of the way a movie feels when you just sink in at the beginning. Um, the way that this movie ends is like stepping out of, I don't know, a, a shower and feeling refreshed. Like yeah. it's just the most refreshing ending. And that song is just it's perfect it's perfect it's and, so uh, perfect for the I time just, uh, uh. imagine being in the movie theaters in 1987 or you know whatever 1988 yeah. and just uh just letting that wash over you yeah 
it's a great screenplay. It's a great film. It's it's great performances, and it's a lot of lady, which it, which really ultimately is the best. It's like mm-hmm. so we have Melanie Griffith, we have Sigourney Weaver, we have Joan Cusack, we also have um, Nora Dunn, who plays Nora sort Dunn. of yeah, um, uh, SNL Second City gal. Um, we have we have Philip Bosco, who is just like he's in every '90s movie you mm-hmm. could ever want. Um, he's also in the movie, speaking of Laura Linney, this is a Laura Linney heavy episode. Have you seen the movie The Savages? I feel like I've talked to you about that. Oh, it's been a while. So with Phil, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Philip Bosco plays their dad. And yes. he's really great in it, too. Uh, um, it's one of those movies where like it's cold the entire time. Like, it is cold the entire time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's upstate New York and everyone's mm. just angry oh god that's yeah. um some other ladies that were, were in this movie marceline hugo i was wondering kathy geis i was wondering Rock. if you catch oh i that. caught that yeah uh, she plays bitsy bitsy um ricky lake is in it for like a split second that was so bizarre i was wondering yeah, like what was that at about? the wedding scene and then um caroline aaron who is on mrs mazel she plays Shirley Maisel, um, who's like Joel's mom. She's like Mrs. Mrs. Maisel, oh. if that makes sense. Well, now you're giving me a reason to watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I oh, love she's her. great in it. Yes. Oh, I she's, love her. She's, ab- she's everything you want her to be in that, mm-hmm. yes. Like fast-talking she's... Jewish New York broad. Uh, she's one of those actresses, no matter... Like, it's one of those ones where if I, it's like a Diane Weist, if I see her name on the cast list, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to watch this. Like, yeah. I love her in anything she's in. And she's, sometimes it's just like a tiny role like this. I don't, she's never the star, you know? No, but she doesn't need to be. No. Yeah. She's like, uh, yeah, she's just in that category. I'll put her on the list. Put her on the list. Yeah, put her on the list. Caroline <laughs> Aaron, get her on the list. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, I'm alphabetizing them too here, so gotta mm. keep some order. Yeah, no, really, we don't. This is, uh, you know, best alphabetized <laughs> That's list. Right. Um, and those are all the ladies I listed, and then of course the men. We have Harrison Ford and Alec Baldwin. Um, and Alec Baldwin's well. chest hair. Wow, uh, wow, it is like a carpet, but it's great. I just want to yeah. like put my hands. I just want to run my hand through it too. Right, he's he plays like the dopey. He's like the Dennis Duffy almost. Yes. It's like. Ugh. And it drives me crazy that Joan Cusack is like kind of on his side, but I get that mindset because it's like they're all in the same world, they're all in the same hometown, and they've always been together. So it's like, why can't you forgive him? Come on, like just go buy him a drink or like it's his night or it's not his night because it was her engagement party. But I was like, come on, uh, Joan. Yeah, <laughs> sin. Like, yeah, yeah, well, sin. I th- I th- and I think that was kind of the interesting thing about her character was that there was something very, like, it was like it, Staten Island was this other, like, way, this other world away from Manhattan and a whole other way of living and different, like, social customs. That's how they kind of show it. And that there's this, I mean, they do the same thing with New Jersey. And so, like, I'm not sure. taking on Staten Island. Like, it's it's just that here's how this community is. They do that with Brooklyn. Yeah. They do it with Queens. Um, but there's this thing where it's like, this is how this community works. Like, these people all know each other. And there's a sense of maintaining it and keeping mm-hmm. it going. And, like, sin is, like, a part of all of that. And so yeah. for, um, for Tess to kind of be, like, shucking that, it's like you're throwing off. This is what we have. Like you you guys need to come to my bachelorette party and like that's just what the narrative is that's just how it's supposed to go and you're you know you're breaking that and so it's an interesting concept um 
that they 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 don't do in a heavy-handed way yeah i love how joan uh cindy i'll call her cindy uh because that's her character um i think someone says like is tess coming and she's like yeah she's gonna come because if she, she knows if she doesn't come she's dead meat i love yeah. how she says <laughs> yeah dead meat was such a like 90s phrase you know mm -hmm. what i mean and like or even the way they say like look it you know i just love yeah. that sort of yeah oh that lingo oh, it's um, great there's unless i missed it but i'd be shocked because i have a google alert in my head for this name but did we miss one lady who oh olympia Lord. yes we did I, mean, I didn't put her on the list put her i, I mean, mean she's she, not on the list but she's on this right, list today right. yeah we should talk about her soon in Moonstruck. Um, That'd be fun. Yeah, but I uh, I was so happy. I was like, what are you doing here? Oh, I never knew. Surprise. Just like a Mike Nichols miracle. I mean, but really, um, ooh, I'm going to blank on her name now. Juliet Taylor. Is she the one who cast everything? Because really that it's like we, forget, familiar. we mm. forget so much about casting directors and the importance of casting directors, mm -hmm. too. And I'm sure Mike Nichols obviously has a little bit of a hand in that, too. But um, yeah. Olympia. Yeah. Olympia. Is she like the unemployment office? Th that was like so crazy to me. They're like, she got fired from the first job and then it's like they told her to go downstairs or something and then they're like, I got a job for you. And then they hand her this folder and then she's like, all right. It's like the 80s were so weird. Does that how, is that how it works now? I, don't I know. guess. Yeah. I didn't know if this was like a different department in the same company or like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just kind of was like, all right. I'm, you just I'm, go with it. Though, I'm yeah. 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 I'm happy for Olympia Dukakis to be here. I don't need to ask questions. You know, I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. Oh, um, yes. I also have to mention. um because I've seen the ending so many times, I think my favorite character is Alice Baxter, is Tess's secretary at the end. I oh. am obsessed with her. I don't know what it is. Um, the actress's name is Amy. I, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly. Aquino? Aquino? A-Q-U-I-N-O. Why am I having a stroke? How would you pronounce I would say, ooh, I would have the same sort of... Trouble with that. I want to yeah. say Aquino. I'm going to say Aquino. Amy Aquino. That's a, I mean, Amy, listen, if you're listening, that's a really, it's a, it's a choice. It's nice. I that's like a it. That's great. Um, <clears throat> but I, there's something about her and just the nuances of that scene that I, and it's really a lot on her and, and how she kind of, it's in how she's, how she's acting that you don't really know if that she's not Tessa's boss. Like the setup of that does not feel obvious, you know? Yes, yes, yes. I didn't figure it out at first. This yeah. Is also, this is this my very first time seeing this movie. Really? I've never seen it. Yes. I, I went in like fresh. I oh, did not lovely. know the end scene. I, I knew that she got a job at the end, but I didn't know what job that was. I thought of like some sort of, um, like the pursuit of happiness sort of deal. Like the, some, you know, he's, he's like an underdog trying to get this job and get this job. And then they finally get it at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I feel like uh, if this was redone today, like we would know immediately, like the setup mm -hmm. would, would be much more obvious. Um, yes, yes, yes. But I think what I also love about her is when Tess has that great moment of like, you know, uh, call me Tess. You know, I don't, I don't expect you to fetch me coffee unless you're getting some oh. for yourself. And, We'll just make up the rest as we go along. And then it cuts to Alice and she has this like great little face journey that basically yes, says like, yes. okay, all right. And like is grateful that she has a nice boss. And it's mm -hmm. very reminiscent of when Tess first starts working with Catherine and like yeah. the first impression she gets there. It's like, you know, that Alice has had that boss, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, 
and it's just it's such a lovely moment she she's uh, she's great i just I could do a hole in the details on that scene. Yeah, that's a lovely little moment there. I, I, yeah. I didn't forget about it, but that is that is cool that you um, latched onto that. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, Amy yeah. Aquino. Amy Aquino. What can Amy I say? Amy Aquino. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. <clears throat> since we've started talking about Joan Cusack, I feel like let's talk about her first. Yeah. And her contribution in the movie. Um, yeah. So I have a couple thoughts on Joan. Cusack a couple wow a couple actually um if I I don't know if I well it's here I'm gonna just say it now and then because we probably won't land on this too long but I just have my in my notes here that there is a failed 1990 tv series starring Sandra Bullock uh that was a spinoff of Working Girl I think I saw that when I looked up I and on IMDb there was something else interesting Sandy Sandy Bullock um but anyway uh so Joan Cusack um who I, I mean, I, she's another actress who, if she's in something, I'm like, okay, well, sure. Why not? Oh I'll, yeah. Uh, that'll be great on the list here. Yeah. Um, I think the reason that Bonnie Hunt came to mind is because when I was doing a little of my research, I found that Joan Cusack was in an, an improv comedy troupe with Bonnie Hunt and this other woman, Holly Wartell, who I recognize. I've seen her in stuff. Okay. Um, she's been in Bonnie Hunt's TV shows. Um, yes. And so like, the idea of watching like those three women doing an improv comedy act, I was like, oh, that's Bliss. what I want. This, this is, put this on the list. This, this thing, whatever it is, I don't, I don't care. Just put a doodle. I'll know what it means. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, have you? Obviously, I feel like Joan Cusack. Like a lot of people of our age generation would know her specifically from like Adam's Family Values. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Oh. Of course. Okay. Like, there was a time in my life where I was like, I watched nothing but The Addams Family, The Addams Family Values, and then the Brady Bunch movie, and then the Brady Bunch sequel. It's like those four movies. And both, I would say, I would argue that the sequels are better than the originals, too. Mm, like, yes. I really think there are a lot of... And I think we got... There was like this deal with McDonald's that if you bought like an extra value meal, you could buy a VHS tape. Of Adam's family, it was so weird. And if, does anyone else remember that? Chime in, um, Please, tweet me. I, I don't, don't. That sounds lovely. yeah. It was, and I, that's how we got Adam's family values. It was very strange, but I immediately was, of course, smitten with uh, Joan Cusack. I I think that that's like one of her great roles too, and especially in the lexicon of like the gay experience. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That monologue. Yeah. It's just like. Why oh, isn't every drag queen doing this? I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. Yeah, um, it's one of those, like, it's not the most obvious, like, gay culture reference, so to speak, yes. in, in, in bunny ears. But, Debbie. Um, but, yeah, Debbie. Like, Debbie. <laughs> it, like, but I love, like, when you do meet someone who, like, connects with that reference. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. you're picking up on the same things I'm picking up on. Malibu yeah. Barbie. Yes. Yeah. Um, graceful delicate. yeah you gotta do it you gotta you get, you get into the hand against the hand when you yes. do it <laughs> they had to go i love it um i uh there's a movie i this is one of the i feel like i saw it like somewhere like i had hbo as a kid and then at some point in my like teen years we also had like stars and encore so i had like mm, and maybe yeah. showtime as well cool um i know i was 
limited that's life. That's awesome. Yeah. It's not bad. That's some good cataloging right there. <laughs> yeah. We may have even had the movie channel at one point. Wow. I know. I didn't mean to rub it in. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember seeing this movie that Joan Cusack was in called My Blue Heaven. My Blue Heaven. Okay. And Go it on. Is, it is like the cringiest movie I've ever seen. There's wow. something about this movie. It's not, and I'm sure there's people who love it. And please know that this is more about me than the movie. Sure. It, this is, it's, it, there's like, I would say if you could find it and you could watch it, I think you would know I'm what I'm picking up. up on. Okay. Steve Martin, Rick Moranis. Interesting. Yeah. There's just something <clears throat> about it that I just like cringe. Carol Kane. I mean, yeah. And and the, and so you get kind of like, as cringy as it is, there's Carol Kane and Joan Cusack, you know? But yeah, I, I just, I remember just watching it and just like shrinking into my rib cage of like, oh God, this is really stupid. But, <laughs> uh, but that may just be because I don't like, you know, people dancing in public. I don't sure, know. Sure. I was going to say, is there dancing oh, God. or yeah, okay. air guitar or something? I don't know. There is, there is the work. Yes, it, to answer your question, Nick, there is dancing in this movie, and it's the Ooh. and it's the thing I hate most about it. And you will wow. know when you see it. You will oh, know Blue because Heaven. it won't stop. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, the other June, uh, June, the other Joan Cusack movie that I know that I need to see that I haven't seen is In and Out. In and Out. Oh, excuse me. Yes. But uh, because it's another Oscar nomination for her, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm curious about that, and I. I know that I need to see it. That's all I'll say. I saw that in the theaters with my mom and Ooh. and maybe her friend or my, I don't know. I know there was someone else there and my, my brother was probably there. And I was, so at the time that was, in and out was 1990, it's like the mid nineties. Mm. Whatever point it was, I already knew I was gay. Um, yes. And so that was like, it was, it was one of those classic being gay childhood stories of like watching in and out with your parents and just feeling yeah. like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like sweating the whole time, not wanting to laugh at certain jokes. God forbid. Like that would mean that would be a tell, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, I remember Joan Cusack being really funny. Like she definitely, it's one of those performances like, um, uh, Melissa McCarthy and bridesmaids where it's like, yeah. Oh, I love that. This is getting recognized. Yes. So, um, it's a, it's a good watch. I'm, I think the movie is, profoundly dated obviously oh of course yeah but like there's sort of a charm of that too you know yeah 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 but um, john in this movie i mean the yeah. hair the makeup the outfits the shoulder pads it's everything mm-hmm. that you want yeah it's Anne roth delivers. doing the costumes yes uh, and yeah. again yes probably put her on the list i feel like she has costumed so many of our bsas i know it's true i'll put her on the list yeah put her on the list why not um I, you know so i uh i found uh in my research of this that joan is in nine minutes of this movie which really? is you know, yeah, it's on the smaller side. Yeah, um, that was probably my one complaint. Is like I could have used a little bit more, mm-hmm. but um, I'm certainly glad she's here. It's, it's definitely I feel an assistant to the BSA, if if that makes oh. sense. Even though she's assisting the lead actress, but but um, I think that like yeah, she in has term, that yeah yeah the size of the role and, and mm-hmm. where it plays. It's like a Terry Gar in Tootsie. Oh, Terry Gar. Terry Gar in Tootsie. She I I mean you know Jane Alexander is kind of the queen of. 
Yes. Um, yeah, assistant's the best supporting actress. Yeah. The patron saint. She's the patron saint. Like, you know, you gotta you gotta top the kitchen scene in Kramer versus Kramer before oh, you're coming for Jane, you know? So good. And it could happen. It could happen, Jane. Yeah. Don't get cocky in there. Yeah. Um but uh, I, um, what I love about this role is there's a diversity in how she's used, and I think that's why this is such a great BSA role is because she, you know, she has that sense of like helping create the world that Tess lives in. She, um, you know, she has that great scene in the beginning where we see their friendship and we see talking about the surprise party. Like we kind of know who Cindy is right away. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like then we, you know, not to jump ahead, but just to summarize, but, but we also get that whole sequence where she has to pretend to play Tess's secretary. So she gets oh, a set piece. Yes. Yeah. And then Some she gets an emotional moment. scene. Like she gets to do everything in her yeah. nine minutes. You know? Yeah. It's nine minutes used well. I'm like, yeah. take that. I don't know. Judy yeah. Dench. Judy Dench. <laughs> take, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who was like barely best supporting actress. She was, it was like. It was it was a yeah. favorite situation. I was like, this is kind of a lead actress role. Yeah, we've been too. harping on her for too long. Yeah, um, I feel bad. Yeah, uh, I feel guilty. <laughs> yeah, um, I also didn't know she was married to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Oh my gosh, her speech was so weird because she like thanks Jeff Goldblum and then they pan out to him and he looks crazy. Which nowadays, Jeff Bol- uh, Goldblum can get it. Like honestly, oh. I feel like he's so handsome and he mm-hmm. aged so well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know well, he was know, just a guest judge on Drag Race. Everyone's talking about it. I know. Yeah, he was. He was great. I, I agree. I feel like, um, without tangenting too much, and I should have talked about this when we talked about Dangerous Liaisons. But like, I was watching. There's a clip later in the movie of him breaking up with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, and there was something about him that was like John Malkovich. I've, I'm aware of you, John Malkovich. I've seen you in things, but this is the first time where I'm like John Malkovich. Oh, yeah. I went back and forth like so many times. I was like, he is giving me everything I want. Yeah. And such a weird, like, or like not even weird, like such a like cocky, arrogant, like sexual way. Mm-hmm. But it's also John Malkovich. I'm like, yeah. this is so strange to me. But I, I did like him in that movie. Yeah, he was. I like, I was like, I'm afraid of you, but I'm going to do anything you want. Like, yeah, there was that feeling of yeah. like, I'm also very like, uh, there, there's a there's a magnetism there, and I, yes. I it made me want to see more things he's in. You know, like yeah. I just I finally woke up to why everyone loves John Malkovich. You know, yeah, yeah, fair. Um, fair. it took me a while, but I'm here. Uh, he's a man. What did you want? I, I know. I mean, <laughs> get on the on. list, John. <laughs> <laughs> just behind Anne Roth. <laughs> I know exactly. Um, so so Joan Cusack. Uh, I would love to talk about that set piece where she plays Tessa's secretary. Oh, man. Just like when she's like, oh, when she like opens her mouth and mm. just like she's she's like improving and she's adding stuff and she's even impressing herself and she gives the face and then like they look back at her and then she has to close the door. It's mm-hmm. she. Yeah, it's so um, it's such a great thing. It's such a great BSA moment where like she the scene is about Tess. But it's mm-hmm. really it's this is quintessential what best supporting actresses do. Mm-hmm. The scene is about the lead actress, but what makes it special is what the best supporting actress is doing mm-hmm. to facilitate mm-hmm. all of this. And so, yes. I think you know, I I don't is this where the line originated of coffee, tea, me? Like, yeah, I mean moments like that where I was like, this is, this is what we're here for, you know? Yeah, 
Um, and those little faces and like all of those moments that it's the same kind of math of drama. Like there is timing and there's, um, there's kind of like, you have to kind of own the moments, you know, you have to like earn, earn the moments I should say, you know, like it's, um, it never felt not to bring up the accidental tourist, but it never felt like Joan Cusack was just kind of clowning around. You know, yeah. It or felt if she like, was. Go ahead. Go. No, now. yeah, but yeah, that she was really, um, like, I believed everything she was doing, even when she mm-hmm. got a little bonkers. You know. Yeah, yeah. It was just uh, up to the edge of like, if you want a little bit more, it's it's like Melissa Leo. I mean, maybe Melissa Leo is a little bit more bonkers than Joan Cusack too. But um, yeah, I think I I agree. I think there's something. Uh, it's like phys- it's not necessarily physical comedy it's just comedy in general yeah. too the way that she moves through this movie that she naturally just brings because she's Joan Cusack and because she has done the homework she has you know that comedy troupe or whatever you were talking about um mm-hmm. before too it's like she know she knows what she's doing she's like oh i got this this mm-hmm. is like um but it wasn't it never got annoying because it also could get annoying she could just be that like hometown girl that's chewing gum and just like you know doling out one-liners but she is so charming i love one of my favorite moments and like it's not even her really doing anything is her standing outside the office and you can see the silhouette of her hair Mm -hmm. it's just so crazy Um, yeah yeah it's uh you know it's it's like judy dench and shakespeare in love where like part of this character is the way that she's dressed and the ornamentation of her yeah Yeah, Yeah. very much i mean the 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 green and red eyeshadow it's it's perfect when they when the eyeshadow matches the earrings i'm done yes you know i know and all the Uh, office ladies just kind of going there for a moment too it's just so great like i want to work in that office oh i know i i wanted to ask you uh have you (laughs) i think you have you've worked in like an office setting yeah i have Mm -hmm. i have and they're (sighs) they really didn't give good lady there there were a lot of people that were like my age or even a little bit younger there was gosh no because really the only there's always um the lady's name was Deb. There was a Deb that worked there, and she was a cranky old, you know, crotchety woman. I, I had to say she was probably, like, late 50s, early 60s, too. But she was fun to, like, observe, but she was mm-hmm. not fun to talk to because all she did was complain about, like, new things that were rolled out or new procedures or whatever. And she oh. would just be like, Wah. but it was definitely fun to watch her. And she had a best friend named... Oh, this is the best name. Her name was Marianne Holy Cross. Jesus. Holy Cross. <laughs> and she was exactly who you think she was. Um, and the two of them together, now that was a pair. That was a pair to watch. Yeah. But never to talk to, never to engage with. So there's that. Yeah, it sounds like the Patty and Selma of the office. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yes. Um, I I mean, I've, I've worked in so many offices. And I feel like the, I agree a lot of my experience, especially now, it's a lot of people my age or, or there's there's no ladies, you know, there's no, I'm not getting ladies. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was in college, I tempt over the summer a couple of times or maybe just one summer at the office where my mom worked. Oh. And, oh, teeming with ladies to the wow. point that like i had lunch every day with my mom and like six of her other office lady <laughs> friends that is the american dream it, it was 
I mean, I have never had so much fun. Yeah, was, and I'm sure they loved you. It's oh, just yeah. like it's like they uh, the ladies love a gay. They do. They love a gay. I could keep Gotta up. Get me a gay. Yeah, I could make them laugh. Like it was. I, I got them. Yeah, I yes. brought them the experience. You know, I gave yeah. them the ooh ah sensation, and <laughs> and it was great. It was so much fun. And there were older ladies. There was this older woman, Connie, that I kind of like. We had like adjoining desks and and Ooh, yes. Connie. I was... love desk partner stuff. Like yep. just, like cubicles. Like who you're with really depends mm-hmm. on your that... happiness and like mm-hmm. that job. It, yeah, it's yeah. Those are your neighbors. Those are the people you see every day and you talk to every day. Um, yeah. Oh man, it was yeah. So this what we were seeing in Working Girl. Obviously, when I was there, when I was working in that office, that was like the early two thousands. Um, so. You know the the wardrobe was a little different, but it's I, I, it's pretty accurate. That's essentially what it feels like. It's just a bunch of ladies, mm-hmm. you know, who have lunch together and gossip, and you know, um, some like each other and some pretend to like each other. And yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, it was great. I feel like you know, if this was a musical, I was like, I just want to see these women looking just like this. Oh, performing yeah. for me. It's like, oh, part of me never wants that, and part of me definitely wants that because you could just yeah. employ all these ladies. Yeah. And you know what I would love is I want them to be doing a number where all of them are wearing white Reeboks and socks, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Just like there's there's an opening number of all the ladies piling in. Yes. Oh, yeah. That would be oh. <laughs> white Reeboks. White yes. Reeboks. Oh, my God. It's such a look. It's, it that really is, like, is such a real detail. Um, yeah, it is. It is. I remember my mom doing that. Yeah. Of course. Um, so, uh, so back to bringing us back to Joan, she also yeah. gets that great moment where she confronts Tess and yeah. she has that line about like, you're just doing all this to get away from us. Um, yes. to like get you out of our world. And, and um, I, I think that's also why this role kind of <clears throat> grounds into, or, you know, arrives into best supporting actress territory is because Cindy gets to get real yeah. and like, she gets to have like the big scene. She, and she also gets to facilitate Tess having that great line about like, you know, not following rules that she had no part in setting, you know, which is yeah. such like a thesis of this movie. So I think for Cindy to help, you know, make that scene happen, like that's so BSA, you know? Yeah. She's kind of like the moral compass, so to speak. But at the same time, she's, she's still supporting her because another, like a different type of best friend would be jealous. A different mm-hmm. type of best friend would be like, Oh, you think you're better than me or something like that and storm off. But she does stick by her and tell her like okay you're you're kind of in too deep here and this is why and mm-hmm. you're also losing yourself and i it's like without saying and she's like i don't feel as close to you as we used like we're growing apart you have this job but you're also doing it the wrong way and yeah. um she just sits on that radiator in the office or just like on that windowsill and just delivers <sighs> it's fabulous i love that i love the nuance of sitting on the windowsill or the radiator there's something oh, about man. that body language that just yeah mm. it's like sitting on the kitchen floor or uh mm-hmm. i don't know it's great yeah there's certain like god there's certain poses that like bring out like leaning against like a bar or like um steering wheel acting you know oh yeah yeah that just like you can kind of sink into a, a performance and i yes. feel like that yeah um that was great and yeah but yeah i feel like it's it's not just we see that a lot in movies where the friend is just like uh, exactly what you're saying like oh you know you think you're better than me and then like mm-hmm. storms out but i think yeah. this was 
it's so much more you know nuanced but also yeah. i mean when you look at the larger story um i love that she still calls cindy in the end but like i think there's also that sense of like they probably are going to grow apart like yeah i mean it it sort of implies that tess lives with harrison ford's character in the end yeah so uh it was i mean i i just think that that's kind of like the larger story of like well yeah you probably will grow apart i mean the fact that she still lives in staten island and you're moving to manhattan like i know i don't want to think about that though i don't want to think about it Colin. I know, it makes me I know. sad uh but I, I i get it yeah it it's it's probably bound to happen it's just like a different class almost it's like yeah. she's um she's been promoted in more than one way to mm-hmm. this new sort of rules and uh set of rules and a different lifestyle and yeah. Cindy's kind of just back there but I in but my Cindy's mind married she's probably gonna have a kid soon that's you know true. yeah, yeah. Oh, Sorry, I hope say. she goes back and visit visits um anyway yeah I mean they let you drink beer on the boat so I'm sure she'll go back you know <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it's it, you know I, I think that yeah that's the other side of it is like this is a character that I think it makes me think of like the people I went to high school with, you know, and like there are a mm. lot of people who didn't really leave New Jersey, didn't leave that town, you know, kind of stayed in that area. And I think a lot of people do that. Um, that's like, that's, you know, that's not a bad thing. I yep. love New Jersey. If I had a reason to stay, I'd stay. Yeah. Um, but obviously for a lot of reasons, like that's not my life, but I look, I can see on Facebook, those people who stay, and I see the stages of life they're going through. They get married yeah. and they have a kid and they buy a house and they have another kid. And, and you, you know, there's kind of the same sequence of Facebook photos and, um, and announcements and things like that. And like, you just see how somebody evolves into becoming a suburban mom and a suburban dad. And, and, and that's what their life is, you know? And I think yeah. especially living in New York, being gay, being single, not intending to have kids, um, just kind of having a different track. It's just like, it. it's like, oh, wow, that's, um, that's just not the path I'm on. And like, it's just, it's different. Um, and yeah. I don't want that, but there's nothing wrong with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that too. Um, yeah, it's interesting because when I, I was kind of just floating around the country doing my musical theater thing, and the, like the worst possible outcome was to move back to Pittsburgh or to just move back home with my parents. So, but mm-hmm. but moving to the city is different than moving to like the burbs, I guess too. So it's like I'm glad I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm glad that my parents are only I'd have to say they're about thirty five forty minutes away outside of the city too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's perfect. So I can still feel like I have that city life, quote unquote. But like. I mean, there's part of me that loves the suburbs. That's where I grew up. It's like, ugh, just like having, you know, Target and Kohl's mm-hmm. and like everything. T- yeah. TGI Fridays right around the corner. I'm like right? some mozzarella sticks. It, it, it's comforting yeah. to me in a way. Like I do love when we go, you know, just 20 minutes outside of the city and there's strip malls and I love the mall. The mall's great. The mall, I mean, you know, it's always nice in the middle of the day to maybe stop at McDonald's for a snack wrap and surprise, you know? a Diet Coke. a Diet Coke (laughs) and eat it in the car. That is like the suburban dream. It is, Um, it is. I know, I love the suburbs. I find them very calming and very comforting as well. It's what I know. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to eventually end up in one that makes sense, you know, or or a very, you know, and like there's cities, I don't think I'm going to leave this area, but there's cities like Chicago where some of the areas, some of the neighborhoods that are technically part of the city feel yeah. very suburban. And um, 
I could get together with that too, you know? That's kind of how I feel about Astoria and what I really mm-hmm. loved about Astoria too is it feels neighborhoody, but you're still in the city and you're just like a train ride away from like the Manhattan to like proper. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That's, yeah. I love Astoria for that because I get a touch of the suburbs and I can go a little further out to like Elmhurst and then it's like suburbs and it's yeah, great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, the suburbs. Ugh. The birds, Put them on the, the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put them on the list. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, Once in a while, Keon and I will like, it's one of those like, should we be bad? Let's be bad. One of those moments. <laughs> but like, we'll go to the Olive Garden and yep. just go in. And it is, or I mean, honestly, our like favorite place is the Cheesecake Factory. I wow, love it. Yeah. So yeah. much. We only do it every so often, but it's it's a treat. It those really portions, is. those the plates. menu itself, it's like a novel. It's crazy yeah. what they have there. I'm like, how do they prep for this, anyways? <laughs> it's crazy what she's got here with these <laughs> prices. <laughs> oh my god! Put her on the Put list. Her on the list. <laughs> we are of, cur- of course referring to the Coventry Curtain Lady. Oh, Look my- her up on YouTube. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Sorry, that just, I mean, uh, I, d- I did I channel. Her. I was really channeling her. Yeah. The pr- <laughs> I mean, that's the suburbs right there is that woman. Yes. That, that's, I, I mean, you know, you can find that in Queens pretty easily, but like yeah. that, I could talk to that woman all day. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. God. I want to get lunch with her. I want to yep. go shopping. Mm-hmm. I want to do it all. Ugh, but I feel my concern is she's going to get like a scoop of tuna on her salad and I'm just going to have to leave. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess we should move on to Sigourney Weaver. Um, yes. I have lots of thoughts on her. Uh, she conversely is in the movie for 22 minutes just to mm-hmm. take a countdown. Um, I, uh, I love Sigourney Weaver. I, she, she, I think because my brother was obsessed with Ghostbusters when he was a kid. Yeah. Upset watched it. it was Ghostbusters and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. No, Pee Wee's, yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Is that the first one? Um, I can't remember. There's like Big Top Pee Wee, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Large Marge. Large Marge. It's definitely Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Put her on the list, Large Marge. Um, and so, like, those movies were just constantly on when I was a kid to the point where. I think I, I I think Sigourney Weaver felt like it was like, are we related to her? Do I know this woman? Because I just saw so much of her in my childhood. Yeah, you know? of course. Yes. Um, and so I've always appreciated her from Ghostbusters. Um, have you seen Ghostbusters, the original one? I have. You know, I would love to go back and revisit because that's that's a child. Children of the 80s, like late 80s, early 90s, excuse me, is um, that's all the toys that I had were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, the movies, although terrified me, oh. I think that like the whole painting thing, like um, where the guy comes out or like even Slimer scared me, that library scene, mm-hmm. it still haunts me to this day. And the gargoyles with like Rick Moranis and everything too. I I would love to go back and watch it, but I, I do remember her very vividly and liking her for as young as I was too. Yeah. Yeah. She's great in both of them. She has like, <clears throat> she has more to do. In Ghostbusters 2, because in the first one, she spends most of it possessed. But, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I uh, the scene when she discovers Zool in the fridge has always been one of my favorites. Because she, like, <laughs> opens it, and then he, like, roars, and she screams and slams the fridge. And oh, it's I don't even favorite. know. I can't remember. It. Oh, I probably blocked it out of my mind. Oh, yeah. it's such great actressing. It's so good. Yes. She um, is wonderful. And I need to so brush good. up on my Sigourney. I said it a couple weeks ago. So, I'm, yeah. I mean, one of them. Alien is definitely a scary movie, but 
an alien and aliens she really is she elevates beyond just like you know what you'd expect of like action hero it's so it's so good I love um there is another movie this is a more obscure one from her list but i wanted to bring it up because it's on youtube i don't think the movie it's it's called a map of the world oh. and hmm, it's also based on a book i believe the book was an oprah book club book that um and that was a thing that like my mom read a lot of Oprah book club books and then I would then borrow them. And of you know, course. Yeah. so I, cause that was part of my cataloging. It was a, yeah. it was a gay teenager. Of course I read my mother's Oprah book club books, you know, <laughs> um, shout out to vinegar Hill, hey. shout out to, we were the Mulvaney's. Um, <laughs> those are some of my favorites. Um, and so, uh, there was this movie, a map of the world that was, you know, based on this book and it's, Sigourney Weaver and Julianne Moore. Oh. And it's, um, so what happens is that they're friends and then Sigourney, and they, and they both have kids. And then Sigourney Weaver's character is like watching all their kids one day. And one of Julianne Moore's daughters or her daughter um, drowns. Whoa. And then that sets off a whole bunch of things that happen and it just kind of like falls apart. But Ugh. there are some acting moments in this movie that I... I know that you would love and I can just like send you the link on YouTube and tell you the timestamps. And there's a, there's a, there's a whole scene of Julianne Moore uh, having a monologue through tears in the woods. Oh um, yes. Where she has a line just to give you a, a taste of the kind of dialogue. She has a line where she says, it's amazing how much a person can cry. Um, (gasps) So if that doesn't wet your whistle, uh, if that Ooh. doesn't, there's this amazing scene. It's like right after of Sigourney Weaver being confronted by a couple of detectives at the school mm-hmm. where she's a school nurse. Okay. And she has this incredible meltdown. And it's like, it's so well done in terms of like how it plays out. But uh, the best part is that she has this line, just to again, give you a teaser of what you're in for. Mm-hmm. She has this line where she says, I am trying to have a complete nervous breakdown and no one will let me do it in peace <laughs> and that's a I, great line it's a great line and the way she does it obviously of i am course. not tr- i am i am no amanda kaczynski i am that's not right. replicating yeah. anybody here um <laughs> but i those moments are it's just such good actressing so um Ooh, i love that the map of the world um <laughs> those are my initial thoughts on sigourney weaver before we dive in um any any other thoughts before we talk about Catherine Parker? Um, no, I mean, I my sort of frame of reference for her too. It's like I know I've seen her in so many things too. I, I, but like, there's not really one performance where I was like, "This is the one," um, mm-hmm. because there are some holes in within that, obviously too. But I really, really liked her in this too. I think it's like there are parts where it's super. She is super funny. Um, mm-hmm. When she flies off the side of that mountain and screams when she's skiing, like that tickled me. There was something so zany about that that yeah. I was just like, okay, I like this a lot. Um, yeah. And um, just like the whole like when she's making calls on the hospital bed and she's still having parties, like there's something so, I guess, campy about her, but not really. I don't know if that's the right choice of word, but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh funny in a way too but i i really liked her a lot i think that when she gets serious like um it, it she definitely has miranda Priestley vibes like mm-hmm. when she walks into the office there is you know a level of 
you know, everyone's snapping to attention. Yeah, girding um, their lines, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But she has some great lines when she finally realizes that what's going on. She says, that little slut. Yes, Ugh. I wanted to mention, we have that, thank you for mentioning that, because we've talked about the, the Kate Blanchett roar, and Ooh. Sigourney Weaver the Sigourney Weaver roar is not to be discredited. Now, All Alien right. hat, Alien itself has like I think my favorite Sigourney Weaver like that I've seen. There's probably ones I haven't seen, but that I've seen of her just going to a twenty-seven. Ooh, um, she, it. It's it's this whole sequence at the end where. Uh, Without getting into all the details, she that there's like a ship's computer and it's named it's called Mother and um, it's not following very desperate orders that Ripley is asking it to do. Oh. And she finally just freaks out and she screams, "You bitch!" And she like smashes the computer. <laughs> and it's like the most cathartic moment. It's so good. Um, but yeah, Sigourney Weaver's roar, put it on the list. It's so good. Love that. Yeah. Uh, but she's she's great, and uh, like you said, she's not in the movie. She is like the best supporting actress of the film too. And like you would think, I thought going into this, she was going to be the lead mm-hmm. actress, or like at least as in it as much as Melanie Griffith too. But um, uh, there's there is this moment. This is such a micro moment too. With um, when she's in the hospital, and there's like a nurse or some man a man in the in the room and he like reaches over her and like it looks like he tickles her like vagina it is so weird he like reaches right where her crotch is and she just like slaps him off real quick yeah um, it was when I she was lying that. in bed with a cast on her leg it's so quick and i don't know if he's reaching for like to fix some sort of i don't know iv or tube or something but it's very strange um, yeah i it's funny i remember that and i what i remember from that scene is um, her line reading of quit staring at my gown to the other yes. nurse. It's so like, I think you're right. She, there is something campy about this performance, mm-hmm. but campy in that like she nails it. Cause it's very hard to be campy, you know? Yeah. Um, um, and to be deliberate about it, you know? Yeah. There's, um, she always is like kind of smiling as she talks. It's very like relaxed like this. She's like, well, Tess, what you have to know is like it's like she's kind of giving a ted talk all the time but also she's in a soap opera (laughs) but it's Mm -hmm. but it's not saccharine or like too much it's just like it's just perfect um yeah it's it's very like she's it's very kind of like a black widow like she's she very much kind of lures you in you know and yes and in the beginning like there's something about her and the kind of like just between us girls quality that Mm -hmm. she has with tess where you're like oh oh, this is good. Like, oh, and she's empowering. Like, you see how she gets away with all of this because she sells it. And you, I mean, it, it's kind of similar, I agree, to like Miranda Priestly, where you kind of want her approval. And like, yeah, she she gives off the air of somebody who's like, you know, worthy, worthy of getting it, or worthy of, you know, giving it, you know? Uh, throughout the entire movie, I did not know it's like with that being said, since I didn't know the plot or what actually happened, I knew that like I you couldn't quite trust her, especially once. Well, you, you can't trust her as soon as Melanie Griffith leaves the office and then she sends that email out about the idea or whatever. So that was mm-hmm. like the first thing. And I was like, oh, man, that stinks. Um, but I knew she there has to be some kind of like antagonist. Or, uh, yeah, antagonist, excuse me, um, in the movie, too. But I... I, it was like twist and turns for me too because I still believed her when she told Tess later like 
um, I had to send the email myself because he wouldn't accept an idea like from, you know, a subordinate. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And I was like, oh, no, Tess, what did you do? But then you realize yeah. at the very end that she's garbage after all. She's garbage. She's gar- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I had that same moment where I was like, oh, oh, this is really convincing. Like maybe like you, you want to believe her in a way. Yeah. Um, and you like you want to believe the fantasy that she's selling that she is this like powerful woman who's helping bring up other people and that it is a team, you know? Yeah. Um, that, that it does go both ways, you know? Um, I, uh, I think my favorite moment and like where a lot of that artifice kind of, I don't know if it falls away, but it doesn't feel, she feels less soap opera-y is that scene with Nora Dunn when they're talking about catering the party and then Tess suggests the place that does um, that does dim sum, does yes. little dumplings, and it cuts this great shot of Catherine like fiddling with her pearl necklace, and she's and smiling, and going, "Oh, I just love those little dumplings." Yeah, she, it's this. It is. I mean, to be honest, if she were to win for me, that is the moment she won it. Yeah, because it was just so. That was the moment where I got the BSA frequency. That was where mm-hmm. it went from not just like dragon lady to like oh my god there's so much here was that it was so there it was so interesting and like no one could tell her to do that i mean you know you could say like fiddle with your necklace but there was something about that whole moment that was just so perfect um and i think similar to like joan cusack with cindy there's it it grounds a ridiculous character in some version of humanity Mm -hmm. you know yeah I, I, I remember that moment, too, because she's also taking in the fact like because she just met her and mm-hmm. like she's still kind of sizing um, Tess up, so to speak, too. So the fact that she is being, um, I guess, outspoken, for lack of a better word, like suggesting, you know, on the first day that they go an entirely different route from like the typical catering that they do. I'm sure she appreciates that in some way, too. But also mm-hmm. there's maybe a little bit of. Hmm, who is this girl and you know mm. is she gonna be trouble but also she loves the dim sum at the end of the day and so <laughs> yeah <laughs> it kind I of mean, takes over yeah it, it ultimately you know the dim sums win yeah yes. but it's uh i agree there is that feeling of like she likes her but there's she's vaguely threatened or like sniffs something out yes her. She's, yeah she's she's also doing that at the same time which is lovely also like not not for nothing best supporting crutches in that last scene like that oh, makes the point. it so oh the point is amazing the point yeah yeah. that was a great like whose idea was that because it shouldn't have worked and it worked yes (laughs) it really does yeah 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 she's just um it's interesting how yeah she she does completely disappear from the middle of the movie and i expected more cuts back to her i Mm -hmm. i couldn't remember if she came back and was around like I, I had even though I had seen parts of the movie, I, I didn't remember how this all played out. Um, but yeah, she does kind of completely disappear for a while. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then coming back in the end with the crutches and like very much, I think, moving very quickly into the Dragon Lady territory. So like all yeah. of everything, that all the charm that we feel in the beginning, like drains away as soon as she throws like the big stuffed gorilla at Tess and gets off the helicopter. Yes. Oh, that gorilla. She was nominated, speaking of gorillas, this same year for Gorillas in the Mists um, for oh. leading actress. Yeah, uh, she lost to Jodie Foster for The Accused. Right. Um, but yeah, wow. it was, so she was a double nominee this year. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Um, 
Well, so how do you like that? They did not give her the Jessica Lang treatment of giving her the apology BSA. I know. Ugh, mm. Sigourney needs one. She does. She deserves it. I don't think it's going to be for any of the upcoming Avatar movies. But yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Her IMDb has her booked till twenty twenty seven. Wow, that's yeah nuts. Yeah, because yeah. those movies are just—it's crazy. It's like I don't think. I guess they've made a lot of money, but I don't. I don't feel like people are in love with them as much as maybe the expectation is for a movie with four sequels. Yeah, I know. I'm not, but that's that's just me. I'm like, it's it's an action movie, but it is a beautiful. I remember seeing the first one. I saw it in like this like IMAX. Oh yeah, thing, and it was like 3D, and I loved it. So it was good. It was a cool experience. Um, yeah. But the movie itself is fine. Yeah. Yeah. One day I'll see it. You know. Yeah. Um, no rush. No rush. Uh, but anyway, Working Girl. Uh, I mean, I I think in all of this, it's worth mentioning because I'm thinking about that confrontation in the end where Tess tells her to get her skinny butt out of here or whatever. Um, oh, yeah, bony ass. Your bony ass. Is, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, get your bony ass out of my face. Mm-hmm. It's worth a segue to Melanie Griffith herself. Um, who, yes, who was nominated. Uh, see, she was nominated for an Oscar for this. She was. Yes, she was nominated she for an was. Oscar. She won the Golden Globe. Um, I think it's a, I think it's, um, is this like an impactful acting performance? For me, no. But is it, is it like, is she good in it? Do I like her in this movie? Do I think that she does a great job? Absolutely. Does that make sense? Like, I it's do. not powerful, uh, I do. but I it's do. effective. I don't know if that if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it does. And I, I see where you're going with that, too, because I, I went through that journey a lot with this, too. But, like, the moments that count, they count. Mm. I think, like, when she's putting on the ski boots and she's like, because you make it happen. And it's like Sigourney mm-hmm. talking to Melanie and she's like, now say it. She's like, I do. I make it happen. And she's smiling through tears. Yeah. Um, yeah. That moment was like, all right, I really love this a lot. And there's another, um, um, ooh, there's two more moments that I really loved. Uh, I think it's when they're at the bar. It's like when she looks at Alec Baldwin, Baldwin, <laughs> <laughs> Alec Baldwin when Lady in Red is playing mm-hmm. there's some there's so much she's, that she's saying but not saying um with just a little bit of a face journey there that I put it in all caps um so I was really into it apparently yeah. um and then the third uh part that I or thing that really caught me was when she looks at Harrison Ford when he's rattling off numbers and you can tell she's just like falling in love with him at that point too like they're back mm-hmm. at her his apartment or something like that they're working on the deal and she's just staring at him as he's rattling off I really liked those moments a lot I do understand what you're saying I, I, I she just feels a little green if that makes sense like yes I, I want her to like fully harness that star power that she had and maybe this was I, I'm probably wrong in saying this, but maybe this was the movie that launched her, or maybe w- at least one of them. I'd say I don't know Let's how many take movies. Take a she... look, because she was yeah. like she, she had a career when she was younger because her mother is, um, Tippi Hedren. Tippi Hedren, um, yes, yeah. And so let's just kind of see where this fell. So she, uh, she had some. She had been doing some work. Let's see. Let's go into the '80s. Let's. I'm trying to. Oh, Body Double. She was in that. I think that was a, okay. a pretty big movie for her. Um, I mean, when I'm looking at her career, I think Working Girl, because after that, after Working Girl, she was in Pacific Heights and Bonfire of the Vanities, which was a huge fail. Um, 
I think Shining Through was a big movie. Anyway, I, I mean, she has a weird career, but yeah. um, I, I do agree that this was probably like a big moment for her. Yeah. And it did feel a little green. I think that's what I'm trying to get to is it felt kind of green. It felt not as fully lived in as I maybe would have expected. Um, but I, like, I agree with you. There's those moments where she, where she really does sell it or like when she kind of gets caught in the boardroom and she looks at Jack and she's like, you know, you have to believe me, but like, what does it matter? Like when she's just kind of like breaking down, there's a lot mm-hmm. of like real emotion there and like real yeah. depth and, um, I, I like how quiet she is, but I, I was think, just going to say that's a big part of, yeah, go yeah. ahead. But I think that after a while it started to feel like, is this the character or the actor, you know? Yeah. I was like, either she's an incredible actress and she's really committing to this sort of like soft-spoken Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. sort of little lamb sort of quality, but like, but she's a quiet storm i guess if that's i don't just made that phrase up but like because she is so studied and like i do love that there's no there are no montages of her like going to night school Mm -hmm. like she she says she talks about it but you know that she's working um but there is some of that like she has to be this beautiful bombshell of a girl that's like see that is underestimated so like i get why they they cast her and that's probably what they probably they saw in her as she's reading for this part it's like she is just naive and green enough to make this work because she mm-hmm. does she has to come across as someone who doesn't know like when um when her and harrison ford are in that one meeting and, and they're like will mr blah 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 be joining us and the guy's like he doesn't like show up for these yeah kind he of doesn't meetings. Show up she's like meetings, of yeah. course of course he doesn't but the way she says of course he doesn't is not like uh she doesn't apologize she mm-hmm. just says like, oh, yes, of course. She just kind of goes like she's just flying by the seat of her pants during this entire situation. So her ability yeah. to kind of keep calm. Granted, it's the writing that's leading her through all of that. But I liked her a lot. I really did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also understand that she's just like one step away of like I could kind of see the cracks here. The cracks yeah. in your technique. Like it doesn't feel like a Beatrice Straits. Um, but, um, yeah, but I appreciate the raw talent of Melanie Griffith in this movie. I think it's really, I don't know who else could have played this role as mm. well during the time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I do, I really like her in this. That's the thing is like, it, it's just, it's like, I really liked Sandra Bullock in the net. Do I think that yeah. she should have been nominated for an Oscar? No, I, I think that'd be kind of yeah. like, oh, that's a lot of out of, out of left field, but she gives a great performance and she sells it. And I think this is the same thing. It's like, she's really charming. I'm rooting for her the whole time. Yes. I'm invested in Tess. I like her. I mean, I, I enjoy when she's on the screen, you know, I think that there's a lot of charm to her. Oh yeah. Um, A lot. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it, it's not, it's not Kate Blanchett and Elizabeth, you know, and kind of what we expect of like, Oscar level performances, you know. Yes, 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 yes. Um, um, also, that scene of her—I had to rewind it—of um, her vacuuming topless in yeah. the bedroom. Oh, well, I know. I mean, I'm sure it's what everyone wanted. I mean, all sure. the men and were like, I'm sure that was like every housewife in America was like, "Can we go see Working Girl? Melanie Griffith is topless, <laughs> right?" You know what I mean? That's that's the draw. Yeah. Um, well, this movie had a couple in of her moments. underwear too. Yeah. Yeah, well, like between that and like that scene where she's in the limo with Kevin Spacey and he puts oh, on porn. Jesus, I was yes. Like, I'm so glad I never thought, "Hey, mom, want to watch Working Girl tonight?" Yeah, and like, yeah. 
yoiga. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, th- there were some. Yeah, there were some moments, but the one of her vacuuming topless in, in her underwear was like, that's a that's a pretty cool shot. Like that's a. I love I love the setup of it. Yeah, I just uh, I was thrown off by that. I was like, oh, whoa! I don't think she has a bra on there. But it's fine. like if the Devil Wears Prada had a nude scene. It's like, oh, I didn't know we were going there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's a good comparison too, because it's like Anne Hathaway compared to Melanie Griffith. It's like two mm. totally different performances, two totally different actresses. But I, it's like if she could have got a little of what Anne did, you know what I mean? Like just the mm-hmm. normal, because Anne is like the girl next door. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. we're always, or at least in that movie, you are rooting for her, and but the circumstances are far more um, demanding, I'd say, for Anne Hathaway in that movie than melanie griffith in this too it's like um yeah she has melanie griffith has free reign to kind of do whatever she wants and takes full advantage of it too but uh yeah i think the transformation of the devil wears prada is much more exaggerated whereas here mm. it's a little more subtle it's more about how she presents herself and more about a part of her that's like emerging yeah um, i just love when she has those like smart moments when she's talking shop with all the boys and knows mm-hmm. how to keep up i just like love shit like that i'm like that yeah. scene in the elevator when she explains to mr trask oh how she yes got, came put put it all together i mean so that's, smart that's a great moment and that's a great moment where i was like melanie griffith is nailing this like she's nailing yes. this moment a tinge of green but i'm just okay with it you know yeah and she still keeps her composure too i guess mm-hmm. it's like but what i have loved to seen her be a little bit more like okay so this is what happened so i was reading the newspaper blah 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 blah, blah. but mm-hmm. what if, i would be interested to see if it would have changed the performance, I don't know. It's like the way that it is is also fine, but I do want more, but also it, what would that look like? And would I like it as much? Uh, I think the casualness is kind of part of what sells it. It's the idea that this, this girl who's working girl is yeah. just reading magazines. And it's like, so what I was doing, I was reading this and I saw this and then I turned over to this page and I saw this and it's the way someone would talk about like, Hollywood gossip because like it's that like that she's able to kind of she's still that girl from Staten Island reading people magazine on the ferry but she is seeing between the lines on things yeah speaking of reading I love all the glasses in this movie I just want a pair of Sigourney Weaver glasses or Melanie Griffith's glasses too I think uh they're both fabulous. They're just oh. the huge frames. I love that. The huge red frames. Yeah, it yes. was the the glasses of this movie. Anne Roth. I'm assuming this is you. Yeah, our hats <laughs> off to you. You want to be taken seriously? You need serious hair. That's what Melanie Griffith says. I love that. <laughs> it's funny because I and he must be quoting it, but there are these ads for Masterclass with RuPaul. <gasps> you want to be taken seriously? Wear a suit. That's what he yeah, I, I was like, all right, RuPaul. Yeah, um, maybe he, he must be quoting her. He has to be. Maybe. Um, I wonder. I the other one that I that I love, the other quote that she says a lot, or a lot, only once, is, um, I have a head for business and a bod for sin. I love that she says bod. I yeah. love that. She says that the Harrison Ford, when they're first meeting, she looks, I love the short hair. I love the sort of transformation in that regard, too, of like, wearing Sigourney Weaver's clothes and just kind of I love that she didn't pretend to be Sigourney Weaver because I feel like that would have added a level of like she would have definitely been in trouble it's such a smart script ah it is yeah and I did not expect oh at all that Harrison Ford and Sigourney Weaver were together that was a complete surprise for me Mm -hmm. and I did not see that coming because you're so preoccupied with everything else that there's this other thing that she has to deal with now right 
that they awesome. set up in that ski boot scene, which, yes. by the way, the shot of her sitting there cross-legged in the, with the dress, with the ski boots on, yes. casually talking about, well, there's a man in my life, and, you know, expecting him to propose, that, to me, was the height of camp. Like, that was oh, yeah, it so really is well done. And, That's a and great the, drag costume. Yeah. yeah, and, like, the way that she's aware that she's wearing the boots, but she never questions it. It's It's never... The joke is made so subtly of how ridiculous she looks and um, and how ridiculous she's being. But like, yeah, we don't put two and two together that who she's talking about is Jack. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. And there is something like when we first meet her, Sigourney Weaver, she really is at the top of her game. Like she mm-hmm. she has the best job or like she has a great job. Um, she has a man. And so she's sort of like doling out this advice. She's like, you know, Tess when you want something, you have to just go out and get it. And mm-hmm. she's sitting there in these ridiculous boots, you know, yeah. it's just like, yeah. you make it happen. You do Tess. And, uh, it's great. I love how she delivers every line. I love her. I do too. I really, <clears throat> I mean, I think it's fair to say that like, this would be my pick to win, uh, best supporting actress. Yes. Oscar yes. This year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you have like a moment she would have won it for you? Ooh. Um, God. I think, uh, I don't know. It's like, I, I should have thought about it, but I didn't. And maybe I will by the end of the episode. But like, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> that was my no. short answer. I, I have to think maybe. Yeah, I don't and know. that's okay. I, be- I mean, yeah. some performances are just like, it, it's the pure essence of it that like, I mean, I really love the last sequence a lot. I love all the elevator stuff, and I love the the point is great. If that was a choice that she made, then yes, that is it, because that made mm-hmm. me cackle. And but I just really love the drama of the last scene too. Um, yeah, and I love even in that moment when she's trying to think of an answer that she just can't think of yeah. an answer of how she thought about it and. All in close up. It's so much great face acting. Yeah, I would just say maybe just like the camp of the role and the, the level of camp that she brought to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but but a lot of them do rely on like props and costumes too, like the crutches and the boots and everything else. But um, and just the level of uncertainty that I felt that I did not know if I could trust her. I think like the, mm-hmm. the how she really um, moves about or like moves through this movie in a way that like you do want to trust her, but you can't is hard to achieve. I think Mm -hmm. because it's very easy to just give villain or villain energy and she does and she doesn't. And I think it really is on the, depending on the way that she talks. Um, Mm -hmm. She's never like, I think making that choice of really being calm and kind of it's, it's very Miranda Priestly before Miranda Priestly even existed. So that's what I appreciate. That's kind of like a hodgepodge answer, but that's those are my thoughts. We'll accept yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, check with the judges. Yeah, we'll accept that <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, no, I think I agree. I think there's a um, there's a lot about about the way that she chose to do this character that could have not could have easily not worked, or have just been very flat or very like standard villain. And yeah, um, it's well the crutches and the boots and all that help. I agree. I think it's her voice and her presentation and the like. Yeah. The, the way that she, yeah, the way she sort of navigates the script that really sells it. Yes, uh, I want to talk about Harrison Ford real quick, just because yeah. um, I thought he was incredibly charming and probably one of my favorite Harrison Ford roles in this. I, I just think he nailed it, and what a great choice um, mm-hmm. for casting because one, he's a total 
Fox. Like, oh, he looks is, great in this. Yeah. I think he's like 44 during this movie or it's like mm-hmm. early 40s. And I was like, yep, that's exactly yep. where we need to see him. And uh, thank God we got that uh, him taking your shirt, his shirt off scene and mm-hmm. in the office and all the women just like, oh, yeah, um, because it was great. Um, 44 and like has a six pack and he is a hunk of a man. But but really, with all that being said, too, I just think that he's. One of my favorite lines that he says is after Melanie Griffith is he like hauls her back to his apartment, I suppose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's like dead. She's obviously dead and like drank too much. But he doesn't know that she took the, um, what is it, Xanax or something Valium, yeah. Valium. And then he asks her if she wants a nightcap. Mm -hmm. He's like, do you want a nightcap? No, I guess you don't. It's it, but it was, yeah. it was he doesn't even say no, I guess you don't, but the look he gives after that, he's like that's a stupid question, but um that made me laugh and I think he's incredibly charming and which is not often the case with Harrison Ford. I think he's a little bit gruff in most mm-hmm. of his roles. Um maybe I'm just haven't seen enough of Harrison Ford in the 80s. So I think he's charming in Indiana Jones, but yeah. it's in like a man manly sort of action hero with like a with a hint of comedy. Um, so right, I yeah. Just he's really always like him. he's oh it, it it there's always a gruffness or like a you know a, curmudgeon a curmudgeonness well, or it's just well, a well, stressful well. situation like he's, yeah he, he can never just have like a relaxing drink with Harrison Ford so it was nice yeah. to see that yeah yes um, yeah exactly. yeah uh, yeah I thought he was really charming I thought he was great I think he uh, I think he he was a great what's well, funny right because I, I think what we're seeing about Melanie Griffith, Harrison Ford, and Sigourney Weaver is they all kind of cut it in half a little bit. They None of them play it too big. They all play yeah. the roles very calm, very subtle. They don't, like, it. there's something kind of calming about all of their performances that was very, like... That's true. All of them you know? are kind of soft-spoken in a way, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's Joan Cusack, who's just, yes. you know, pop-up Cusack uh, at the end. It's just... Great. Oh my God! The fact that it cuts to Joan Cusack at the end, like leaping up from her desk and like yeah, let's let's break it down. Yes, let's so give it to Joan for that little moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's I I thought that Joan worked in the same office as Tess. That that was where I what I what I thought was going to happen, or like before I even watched the movie. That way, like, mm-hmm. uh, but it really doesn't matter anyway. Wherever Tess were or not Tess, um, wherever Cindy works. Um, so at the end of the movie. You know, she gets she gets hired by Philip Bosco to work for her. It's a great moment. Um, and then she has that scene with Amy uh, Akila. Akila? No. Uh, Akino. 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 Yeah. Excuse me. Um, and then it's like she's made it. And like it's such I think she captures that really well, too, as far as like a Melanie Griffith moment there. It's like so many of us like yearn for whatever it is that we like like if i when i finally get here this is when i know that i've I've made it or when this happens this is when i'll feel complete too and um and i think she does feel all those emotions too but there is a little bit of it that's like oh i'm here now and there's like that what now sort of thing i love that she calls cindy i love that that's her first call of her like Mm -hmm. new chapter of her life which makes me hopeful that uh cindy will remain in her life but um and then we get, of course, just uh, uh yeah. yeah. Best what does she say? Carly. Does she say anything? Uh, Cindy, Cindy, I'm sorry. Oh, I think the music. Or is kind it of... just like a yes? Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of we're meant to assume it's one of those like you're not really meant to hear her, but that she's like, oh my god, she made it. She got her own yes. office. Like it's something, yes. one of those things. Um, 
Yeah, it's. <clears throat> I feel there was a, a review about this where someone described her as this kind of Jiminy Cricket character, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that idea." Um, yeah, it's it's a great ending. Oh, it's a great ending. There's something very interesting about the 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 shot out the external shot of the office and just seeing all the other offices and like mm-hmm. all these other people about their day. Um, there is something about the movie, especially in the in the end where we see like. Tess and Jack kind of eating breakfast quickly and getting ready where I was like, you know, it's that, it's that fantasy, I guess, of like the, the hustle of the city and business people. And I just like have to say that it is a myth and that you shouldn't live your life like that. And, um, Mm. it's not healthy. Um, I, I just like, I am so anti, I am like, no, I want to sit down and have breakfast and like, relax Pet yeah just Pet marco, marco yeah who's been who's been harassing me this whole time um <laughs> but i that's like the one thing where i'm like oh god like i i mean i work in an office now i, I work for you know mm-hmm. i have i have one not you know it's similar um but i know that this is not me like i am yeah. not a i'm not an office person i um i've moved up pretty well in the business but like i there's a certain point where i'm like okay well i'm not that i'm never gonna be that yeah the next step is like complete just working non-stop hours a week yeah and i just won't do it i just refuse so um i am that's my my psa against being a working girl or boy uh, (laughs) is uh it's not that glamorous (laughs) yeah but it's great, and we're happy for Melanie. We're happy yeah. for uh, happy for Tess. It's what she wanted. I guess. Yeah, it really so. was. Yeah, and I'm glad she got rid of Alec Baldwin. Woof, he was Ugh. terrible. Um, yeah, yeah, that was. Um, yeah, well, well, at least we got we got what we needed from him, which is yes, fine. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, he's also in this movie from around the same time. Whenever I think of like Alec Baldwin at his peak, he's in this movie called "She's Having a Baby." Um, that Kevin Bacon title. is in. I know, yeah. uh, but he plays like the friend, and he's like equally hot. So okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. he. Speaking of someone who can get it, but I'll take Harrison Ford any day over Alec. Sure. Oh yeah, at yeah. least in this era. Um, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, oh, that's, that's a good question. Harrison Ford, nineteen eighty-eight, or Alec Baldwin, nineteen eighty-eight. Oh boy, it's tough. I just like how brawny Harrison Ford is. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the. He has a little bit. I mean, granted, it's uh, it's more muscle, but I just feel like in a couple of years he'll have a little bit of a belly. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. still have like nice arms and nice shoulders, oh, yeah. which is like a perfect combo for me. Yeah, I hear <laughs> that. I hear that. Yeah, it's like you got to have a good structure, and then you can let the rest of it just billow as it will. Yeah, I mean, but uh, all that being said, like Alec Baldwin's not far behind. I mean, just like his voice mm-hmm. and his eyes and the chest hair. <laughs> Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. If someone said, I mean, this is really this is a Gene Smart and Dowd situation. <laughs> if if I if I am wrong, if I can't have one and it turns out to be the other, I'm yes. it's gonna be fine. It's a win win. Yeah. It's a win win. Yes. Um well working girl. Uh this You was worked fun. it, girl. You worked it, girl. <laughs> Work it, girl. Uh yeah. This that was fun. Yeah. Um a great movie. Go and see it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh it's not streaming, unfortunately, which is sad. Mm. Um, but yeah, maybe I it will it on be YouTube. one day. Yeah, yeah, same, same, same. And it's not on Pluto TV. I know a lot of other stuff is though. A lot, a lot of other stuff is. Movies. Yeah, best supporting app. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, speaking of which, uh, we've come to the segment of our program where we talk about our nominees and, of course, our winner of BSA yes. of the week. 
Uh, so do you have any nominees this week for BSA have, of the Week? I have like kind of an announcement, Colin. A little bit of an announcement here. After much uh, contemplation and meditation upon this, I'm going to bring the No Good, Very Bad Gay Pod back on the air for another season. Season oh three. Oh my God. Yeah. And wow. I'm going to fly solo. I'm going to okay. fly solo and I'm going to go back to movies. Yeah. Um, and I have made, uh, I've compiled a sort of list. I would be interested in tr- uh, to any movie that you would want to contribute to this too. Uh, mm-hmm. Any ideas um, of just like really, uh, it's the same thing that I did in season one too, but um, I think I'm going to kick it off with All About Eve because I've never seen it mm-hmm. ever. It's I a great knew movie. nothing about it mm-hmm. until yesterday, and it was pure bliss. Celeste uh, Holm. Celeste I'm so Holm. glad you started with Celeste Holm. I'm so oh, glad you started with Celeste Holm. I, my goodness. That was literally the first thing I was going to say is there is a great Best Supporting Actress, She is Celeste magic. Holm. She is magic. I know. And she often appears on those little like YouTube videos that we love as oh. the person who should have won that year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy that, um, oh, his name is George something. George um, Saunders. Yeah, that he was the only one who won an, an Oscar for that movie. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Is it George Saunders? Is that the author? I think it is. Uh, so yeah. I, uh, that sounds really familiar. Um, I'll, I'll look it up as we talk too. Yeah. But, uh, there's I, I so much to so unpack. Yeah. There's so, but I love him in that movie. My mm-hmm. like that's like I have so much to say about him. Like him and Celeste Holm are probably like my two favorite characters too. Yeah. Like there's, there's <clears throat> something about them that I really liked. Um, and I did not know that Anne Baxter was um, plays Nefertiri in the Ten Commandments. When oh. I put that together, I had to like stop the movie and walk around the room. It was just. <laughs> Yeah, a big, I, a big moment. Yeah, yeah because uh, it, that's so in my that movie I've seen a thousand times. So I was excited to put the pieces together. Um, that's all I'm going to say about the movie because I will obviously have an episode about it. I don't mm-hmm. know when, but it's coming. I'd say probably in the next month. I want to record a couple episodes ahead and just kind of fly solo and have a great time watching these films that I have literally never seen before too. So I'm I'm thrilled to to kind of get back into that mode. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's so, and like, yeah, I think it's great. And I think, I mean, as someone who who does a solo podcast as well, yeah, I can tough. tell you, like, it's tough it, to get it's that tough. motivation and, um, mm-hmm. you know, put in the work and make sure that it's good and not second guess yourself. So I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, I find yeah. that, like, because I, you know, at this point, I'm trying to obviously fix that now of, you know, in the details was turning into a once a month thing. And I mean, yeah. I would say the last couple episodes, there was like a month in between them. Uh-huh. And like, I just put one out last week. And honestly, once I just sat down and did the fucking thing, I had a great time. Yes. I really enjoyed editing it. I like it, it was, and it wasn't that hard. And I was like, why don't I just do this more often? And I think it's just when you're doing it on your own, it's so easy to talk yourself out of it or question it or, you know, overanalyze it. And like, yeah, it's it just it's uh it's a great way to just kind of like uh contend with the inner saboteur so to speak oh yeah it's a lot it really it's 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 not a lot and it is a lot it's like a party that you don't really want to go to but once you arrive you're like yeah i i love this what Uh, a great time yeah like every party i've ever been to at some point in the car i'm like oh boy what if maybe they'll cancel maybe maybe they did cancel but yeah. then, you know, then we get Check there. Your phone. And yeah. I guess it's oh, still on. It seems like everyone's going to go. There better be a cat there. Yeah, there better be a yeah. cat. There better be a room I can go into. Yes. Um, and then it ends up being great. Well, yeah. that's that's awesome. As yeah. someone who is uh, dying for new podcasts to listen to, I'm very happy to hear this. Yeah. And a lot of them are on Pluto TV, I'll tell you. Um, because... A proud sponsor of the No Good, Very Bad Gay <laughs> yeah, podcast. I know. 
Um, I'm excited. I'm gonna do some Mike Nichols. Mo- I'm gonna do postcards. Um, postcards from the edge. Is that what from it's called? From the edge. Yeah. From the mm-hmm. edge as well too, because I've not seen that. Um, I'm I'm super thrilled. I have a lot of. So if you think of any movies that you um, want me to do colin let me know because oh. I, I feel like i've come up with a list i'll send you my list of, of what i have mm-hmm. um and then maybe it'll spark some interest like well if you're doing this maybe think about doing this too as mm. well so oh, i would be my be... consultant oh i i would yeah. oh i'm oh my god the the honor the honor <laughs> oh the honor yes um well that sounds great congratulations yes. on that yeah that i'm excited great. to do that um, so now is, any uh, nominations before you get to the BSA of the week? I would say a nomination. So I just watched this movie. Now, I, I've maybe talked about it on this podcast before, but I love this other podcast, Gay Lords of Darkness. I yeah. talk about them a lot on in the, in the details. Um, I've had Stacy from, uh, from Gay Lords of Darkness on in the details. Ruth Gordon, yes. Ruth Gordon, yeah. And Anthony from, uh, from Gay Lords of Darkness was on our live episode uh, from Portland of oh, All Right fun. Mary. Yeah. Oh, I love so, that. It's been great, like coll- getting to collaborate with both of them, um, and so they uh, they typically just do horror movies, but then they've kind of branched out to just doing like you know they call it Gaysterpiece Theater, and it's just kind of branching oh, out to fun. movies they love. And so, a movie that they just did recently is this Robert Altman movie called Three Women, oh. um, and it's starring Shelley Duvall Whoa. and Sissy Spacek. Oh, and. They were ta- so I was and I was like, oh, I've heard of this movie. I've been meaning to watch it, but then I like listened to their episode and and they started talking about how like the movie is just full of acting choices and micro moments and women actressing. Mm. And I just hit pause right away and was like, yes. okay, okay, I need to see this. Um, and so I watched it last night, and it is. I don't really know what it's about. I and you could say in some ways nothing really happens, but I was fascinated it is <laughs> like i didn't know sissy spacek was this good wow and shelly duvall i mean honestly it's so worth seeing if you're if you're in the mood and you'll you'll settle into this movie pretty quickly like it, okay. for some reason i like i eased in real fast Ooh, um like yeah like right you don't have to do much work to get okay. comfortable in it and it's it you know the things to know is that a lot of these lines were kind of ad-libbed and figured out in rehearsal. Mm. Um, almost everything about Shelley Duvall's character, including what she wears and her apartment, she came up with on her own. Oh. Um, so Shelley Duvall is like fully on display in this movie. It's like, she's not just acting, she's written, she's produced this character. She's, um, I love that. It, and it is, it's so many like micro moments. It's so many little acting choices. Oh, three women is three the name women. Of it? Three Ooh, is it streaming anywhere? Or did you have to rent it on YouTube? I rented it on YouTube or okay. Amazon. Yeah, that's okay. But uh, it was really. Uh, it was, I mean, I love the title. Great. Three women. Sign yeah, me up. and there is a third woman. You know, but you know, yes, I, the, the less you know, the better. But I okay. wouldn't even know what to tell you to like spoil it because yeah. it's just the way that it works. Uh, oh, love sissy. Oh God, she's so fucking good. Oh, yeah. um, so that would be my nominee. Yeah. Okay, I like yeah. that. Uh, I guess that brings us. Do you have any other nominees? Or no, I thought I did, and uh, I don't. So all right, let's get to uh, it. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm. Well, let's get into it. Who is your BSA of the week? Okay, so this is gonna sound crazy, Colin, but um, I don't know. I, I, I can guarantee you've not seen uh, the first one or the second one of this movie, but um, they remade Jumanji. Um, okay, so they I have did... not. I have not seen the remake. Okay, yes. No. Okay. So that's fine. But honestly, 
they are so great and i did not wow. expect them to be so great the la- the first movie it was like two Christmases ago or something. We were at my parents' house and we were, it was like Christmas Eve and we just needed something to watch with my parents. So we were like, what about Jumanji? And it was a delight. And really the shining star of the movie is Jack Black. Um, wow. Not a the, sentence I would expect to I hear. know. I mean, I really, I mean, speaking of Joan Cusack, have you ever, have you seen School of Rock? I've, i seen bits of it but like kids rocking out is really hard for me <laughs> okay no i get that I get that. <laughs> that's a tote bag that's a tote bag right there um i get it okay fair enough but jones great and jack black is so good and it's he is unbelievably good wow um, and funny and i always have thought that he's super funny and a talented guy too and a great singer and um, but he's so what happens in the first Jumanji is like it, it's like a, or like the, the remake is it's a uh, they're playing a video game and they choose these avatars. So he basically has to take on the, like the persona of a 16 year old girl, like a 16 year old girl is like um, inside. It's like in the body of Jack Black, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And it is so funny um, in a way that's not like, you know, Nickelodeon 1990s humor, like mm-hmm. legitimately funny. Like he that's like. It's like Fred Armisen playing a woman. Like he okay, just yep. gets it. There's um, nuance to it. Yeah, yeah, there is nuance. So we watched the the remake or not I keep saying remake. There's a second one called The Next Level. The mm-hmm. Keon and I watched uh two nights ago, I think, and it was just as good. I cried at the end of it. Um wow. Aquafina is in it. She is fantastic. And Jack Black just kills it. So hmm. Jack Black, you are my BSA of the week for Jumanji. <laughs> wow. The next level. I know. It's crazy. Wow. It is crazy. But anyone who has seen them, I think I assigned Amanda to watch the remake of it when we were doing Squirrel Friends, and she loved mm-hmm. it. So, Wow. I mean, I didn't yeah. know my mind could be blown anymore this episode. First, yes, the Gene Smart and Dowd switcheroo. <laughs> now, Jack Black is a BSA. And Jumanji. Speaking of Bonnie Hunt, just bringing it around full Speaking circle. Of I mean, Bonnie yes. Hunt. Ugh. Well, that feels better. Yeah. Oh, now yes. I know where I am. We're talking about <laughs> Bonnie Hunt again. Ooh, lost me there for a second. <laughs> I know. It's like if you ever are just looking for some, like a, a and like the action sequences are incredible in the second movie. Like the mm-hmm. the things that they do and the special effects. Um, and Aquafina is so great in it. So um, that's my. It's a high recommend, which is such a silly sentence to say, but they are great, and Jack Black is incredible. I mean, I trust your judgment. I yeah. like. I will. I will. I will have to just. Yeah, I mean, give there's it a go. no rush with that one. I'd say, you know, mm-hmm. but if you ever, it's a rainy day and you have the time, right? In the mood well, for something easy, fun. Yeah. Why not? You know, yeah, exactly. maybe something a little less heavy than Robert Altman's Three Women. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's <laughs> exactly, a fair point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, could do some, some levity. levity. Yeah. yeah, I always say brevity and levity. I don't know why I get that. Oh, I guess, is brevity similar to levity? Brevity, brevity is, is like, like brief. Like brief. think of brevity as like the length and levity as the, uh, the weight. Got it. All right. Yeah. Thank you for that. Sure. <laughs> All right. um, anyway, I hope, how about you? I hope that was correct. It. Yeah. yeah um, well, <clears throat> I would have to say that my BSA of the week would have to be Amanda Kaczynski. <gasps> Because we, of course, recorded a a Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom episode last week with her. And I mean, obviously, I've listened to this this podcast a ton. I know the work that she puts into it. I've done episodes with her. For some reason, it was like 
this that episode that we did with her was yeah. so much heavy lifting of of doing so many characters. I yes. mean, so many different people and interacting with us at like I mean, she just had so many plates spinning and was do it was so funny. There were so many times I had to like turn away from the mic because like especially Deb, <laughs> I think oh, my favorite God. line and this is for folks who don't know this I mean this is all talking about teen mom and um, one of the mo- one of the teen mom's mothers is Deborah, and so um, I, the line that always sticks with me <laughs> is I think when she's talking to Doctor Dave, and she's asking if he wants to do something, and he sh- and he says you know, like paddle boarding or something, and he says no, and she says, "Is it because of your knee?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a good impression at all, but that's it. It has that same. Yeah, I can't do it either. I was trying to channel it, and I can't. <laughs> God, it reminds me of that. Have we talked about that video of the kid yelling, "Can I pet that dog?" No, no. Have you ever... oh Wait, my God, that sounds that? familiar. We talked about it on All Right, Mary. There's a video that was like on Twitter or something where there's this kid, <laughs> and he's like, and it's like showing a, a uh, like the video of a dog, and there's this kid in the background going, "Can I pet that dog?" And then the mom goes, "No," and the kid goes, "Can I pet that dog?" And the mom goes, "No," and then he goes, "Can I pet that dog?" And then it cuts off. <laughs> And it gets all country. Sounds like a vine. Almost. It is. Like it's, a vine it's a TikTok length. vine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of those. Um, so Ugh. anyway, there's some, it just, it was so funny. And that episode was so much fun. And I listened to it one and a half times, not because oh, I didn't want to finish it the second time. I just had other stuff to do. Um, and granted, I was on it. So I know that sounds narcissistic, but like, sure. the, I mean, the jumbo horse story is just oh, as good the second good. time. Yeah. I, have a, um, I have a story about a horse. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And it was just, it was so fun. And I think uh, we, I think we texted about this, but like, let let me go on the record of saying like, Amanda, the work that you are doing in yes. producing this podcast is really fantastic. And there's like, and just for everyone to kind of like clear up you said it's about Teen Mom. So it's a Teen Mom recap podcast. And she goes like, there's Teen Mom 2, there's Teen Mom OG. She branches off into some other things too. Mm-hmm. But like, it's more than just that. It is not, it, like she contributes her opinions, of course, which are hysterical. But she also does impressions of each character there's not one character yeah. that she doesn't like give some sort of nuance or attention to and she's flying through this script like without like um you know a stutter or like a trip mm-hmm. of her words like she just she's really channeling them for lack of a better she's really channeling them I and mean, she's not editing because she'll leave in like where you know the dog's barking or she's like oh hold on i gotta stop here like yeah. you know that that this is the first take is the take you're getting and it's so good it really is i mean the janelle evans barbara sort like though that's kind of my my bread and butter but like that's that's what i enjoy the most but really like the og and amber and um and farah and deb that's like really second Mm-hmm. To, like just as good and like i think that's what sets her apart from the other teen mom podcast and what is really just like kind of sent her into the stratosphere of like that universe or that sort of uh yeah that universe of teen mom podcast so if anyone mm-hmm. but even if you're not into teen mom i barely them, watch I, yeah, it yeah i only watch the episodes that i i guest on if i'm Same. a guest on her podcast too and uh she's like it is so entertaining like maybe you might want to reference a little bit just to kind of see the like just how well she's doing these impressions right um, right yeah to know that like i think i agree like you don't have to watch the show that's a sort of like podcast theater 
Um, but the upside of knowing these references is realizing that like, especially like someone like Barb or Deb, like the impressions are capturing every, it's like Valerie Cherish. It's every little, every little nuance is part of the script. Like yeah. when, when they say, well, I mean, uh, like she is including that, yes. you know? And that's where I'm like, okay, this is next level. Like you are, you are bringing, you're not bringing, it's not that she's like, oh my God, is that Barb I'm listening to? I always know it's Amanda, but that's part of the charm of it yes. is that you, it, you don't ever lose the performer behind the performance, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, it's great. Ugh. She's a hoot and a holler and she's, she's a great gal that Amanda yeah. Kaczynski. We'll have her on eventually. I mean, we yeah. talk about her so I, much we eventually. Need to find a little bit of, we need to find an entry point. I don't know if she has like a best supporting Oscar actress that she really likes. Yeah. Um, or maybe it could be like a one-off episode about a TV show or something. Yeah. Just figure I it mean, out. And then you'll get the real the real deal. <laughs> yeah, people will finally know. Yeah. yeah. Um but anyway, I just I had so much fun doing that episode Yay. and yeah, it was, I just all, it was a blast. Needed to give credit to that. So that is my BSA yes. of the week. Yay. Yeah. Um well I don't have a clever transition, so here's the music. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um we're being played off. We didn't know it was happening, now it's happening. Um so before we get we, we shuffle off back onto the Staten Island Ferry, where can people find Ooh, more of you? That was nice. That was nice. You made up for Thank it you. there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you can also, um, eventually, I will be back to the No Good, Very Bad Gay podcast. So check that out. You can listen to some old back episodes. Colin was on... Um, Two episodes. You were on the the Poseidon Adventure in season one, and then in season mm-hmm. two you did the I music group. On? The music group. Oh, it? Ace of Base. Ace of Base. Oh yes. yes. I was thinking Ace of something crazy. Base yes. episode. Base episode. So check those out. Get ready, because here I come. I'm excited to to get back in the groove. Um, and if you have any, if you have any ladies you want to put on the BSA and waiting lists, um, certainly chime in. Um, mm. I think really the only stipulation is they they uh, they haven't won an Oscar yet, and that's really the only rule. Or yeah, but really the other rule is just like they have to be fabulous women who are great actresses. <laughs> yeah, that we would want to have lunch with. Yeah, yeah that we'd want to have yeah. A, yeah some lunch with. But um, yeah. if you want to uh, suggest any ideas, send us an email to the bsapod at gmail.com or just tweet us at bsapod. And of course, you can also find more of me on either in the details, a celebration of nuance. Or All Right, Mary, uh, talking about right now, we're recapping season 12 of Drag Race. Uh, and you can get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And uh, wow, this was a jam-packed episode. It was. Ooh. It's a long one, but we have yeah. some yeah. moments here. Yeah, but you know, I think... Yeah, I think during quarantine, I think a longer episode is, uh, that's, you know. Yeah, no complaints, I would imagine. Yeah, if no was, complaints. If I was listening, I would want us to go on forever about Sigourney Weaver and yeah, Working yeah. Girl and Joan Cusack and everyone we, who we talked about. Yeah, we don't mind working overtime uh, to, to make this happen. Yes. Um, man, I know that I have... No, no, no more puns. So, <laughs> we're painting ourselves into a corner. Here. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, we're gonna it's punch fine. out. We're gonna clock out. <laughs> put on our tennis shoes. Put on the Reeboks. And that, as, as they, they say, say, is that goodbye. Bye. <laughs>